Hey everyone, today's movie is going to have a shocking ending that we're going to spoil. So why don't you watch the trailer for Excision and check that one out before you get to our opinion about it, and then check in with us to see what we have to say. Thanks a lot, and enjoy the show. What's the weirdest dream you ever had? Just right into it, huh? No, yeah. yeah, let's do it. Well, here's a fun fact about me. I don't think I've ever remembered a dream in my whole life. Bullshit. <laughs> uh, you know, I, a couple of days ago, I had a dream where I was speaking in Spanish, and I don't know Spanish, so there was a pretty weird dream. Did you understand what people were telling you in Spanish? Or were you the only one speaking I think Spanish? They were speaking English to me, and I was speaking gibberish <laughs> to them that uh, in my mind was Spanish. So you cannot tell me your entire life there's not been one dream hmm. that you remember. Okay, you know, I do exist like a traumatizing dream, so everyone settle in. Go on. Um, <clears throat> when I was maybe like six or seven, I had a dream where there was a ghost me at the foot of my bed. Uh, yeah and it's out of body experience and I, yeah and I cried for I don't know the rest of the night that dream scared the, I think it was like <laughs> where I like mortality really hit me and uh at yeah. six or seven yeah that's when it that's when it just kicked in like it's all down here from here I guess so because yeah I mean I cried so much about that dream it was in retrospect not that scary but you know what it was for me that's creepy. Yeah. I, I, dude, some of these dreams don't make any sense when you wake up, but they were very disturbing. Yeah. Right? That's a lot, a lot of the reasons I like David Lynch, right? A lot of his dream mm. sequence stuff is a lot of just weird, bizarre shit, but that's the stuff that gets me. You know what I mean? Yeah. For instance, my reoccurring dream as a child, I was crawling around through these tunnels. Like, mm. like I, have a, I have a claustrophobia issue, right? Like, I was locked in a trunk as a kid, and my friends freaked me out. Wow. And um, so I would dream about like going through these very tight spaces and I came across these giant brown slug creatures and I would have to run up and crawl over them to get through this kind of labyrinthian area. And at the end of this labyrinth was actor Fred McMurray, <laughs> the original absent-minded professor and the dad from My Three Sons. And he was holding... <laughs> A tiny flower that he was smelling. And then when I get closer to him, he'd look at me, smell it again, throw his hands in the air, and vanish. And that freaked me the fuck out, and it was a reoccurring dream. And while I was dreaming this, I would often sleepwalk. And this Whoa. is because your friends locked you in a trunk. I don't know if it was the same, but it might have started around the same time. Friends, how many of us got them? <laughs> right. Jeez. So, yeah, I'd just be sleepwalking. I'd walk into my parents' room and flip the light switch on. and be like, what are you doing? And I'm like... Uh, go back to bed. And Wait, they off. said, what are you doing? Or you said, what are they doing? They would say it to me. Oh, I thought you were like, hey, what are you doing? They're you like, know sleeping. when you're like semi-conscious? Yeah. And like, I do have a memory of like being in there and then like, that was it. Hmm. Yeah, that was my creepiest dream. Nothing really scary about it, but when you go through that, it's terrifying. It sounds terrifying. No, well, what it is does. the absent-minded professor doing in my dreams with Fucking flubber? With you. Yeah. yeah. Well, he wouldn't know. He's absent-minded. <laughs> yeah. so. Good point. I used to be a big uh, sleepwalker too. Really? Yeah, big time. No more. No not more. As adult. No. Thankfully, I hope not, because yeah. I sleep on the second story, so that would have been a sharp Ooh. fall. Yeah. Well, Garrett, what is your dream? I would say like every like two to three days I have vivid dreams. So I, I can't think of like a lot of like repetitive ones. I did have one when I was a kid where the old folks home across the street, everyone died and they were just skeletons a la that like lobby scene from The Shining. Mm -hmm. um, and I had to basically like chase a cat through that place and everyone was just skeletons doing their normal thing. But um like no yeah. muscle, no bone, not, no, not just, zombie, just straight, just straight up, up. Like think that, think that lobby scene from the shining and that grateful dead video where they're all playing yeah. instruments. Like basically I'm pretty sure those two things, hmm. um, shaped that dream. Was the cat also a skeleton? No cat straight up. Cat. Okay. Regular cat. Good cat. Black cat. 
No, it was my cat from when I was a kid. Oh, okay. Big Orange. How's that for a fucking well thought out name? Oh, Bo. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, but no, it was uh, that's a dream that I had a lot as a child. I'm I'm a very vivid dreamer though. Like I'll wake up. I had night terrors as a kid. So also, if you haven't seen the movie They by Wes Craven, fucked up movie. Mm. It's about how night terrors are really just basically demons that claim you early on as a child and they come back and kill you later on. And as John said in one of our episodes, it's demons sitting on your chest, breathing yeah. in your soul. That's true. That is what a night terror is. Science. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So prove it. Prove it. What? <laughs> <laughs> prove in. Yeah. The demons are on your chest. Yeah. Oh, are we flatliners in this? Are we gonna like basically have night terrors just to find out if it's true? Well, let's put you in the study. I'm in. Okay. That was very agreeable at the end there. Yeah, I like that. We're in. Yeah. Like, hey, plan, plan. Let's go. Grave Talk Laboratories. Love this positivity. Can I ask you guys a question? What? No. Who the hell is sitting across from me? Oh, we'll get into that. Stranger okay. danger. Hey, all you creatures from cyberspace. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Grave Talk podcast. My name is Mark. You may remember me as one of the hosts. I haven't been around in a while. Again, joined with Garrett and John. Shut up. This is my podcast now, oh, baby. Well, you've had your reign. It's time to hand it over the to me. The rain will never end. The rain of <laughs> the terror rain? shall continue. The rain of the rains. The rain. R-E-I-G-A. Well, I'm going to take the rains. Wait, yeah. R-E-I-G-N. Wait, how do you spell rain? Which one? R-E-I-G-N, <laughs> right? It's not I before E in this one. R-E-I-G-N. How you guys been? Uh, good. I'll tell you, can I say, it already feels more professional now that you're back, Mark. Oh, yeah. I feel like we have it together a little bit more. I don't know if professional is the word, but definitely, um, managed. Structured. Definitely, um, it's like having the parent watching the kids, <laughs> yeah. you know? Well, I have that facade. I was thinking back to our happy death day one. I don't even know. It took us like an hour just to get to the intro, so. Oh, well, I'm glad I'm back. <laughs> yeah, so are our listeners. <laughs> it makes it easier for me to edit, too. Well, today we have a special guest. First time to the podcast. We're joined by Emma Murray. Thank you for joining us today. Hi. Since this is the first time we've had a guest in two and a half years, you may have forgotten the format, but we are going to have to give you the monster test. Kick it! I'm ready. Okay. Up first is question one. That's how you normally do it, right? <laughs> hold on, hold on. Yeah, math checks out. Checks. Okay. okay. What are two ways to kill a vampire? Um, the sun or mm-hmm. a stake to the heart. That is correct. Number two, is Frankenstein the name of the guy or the monster? Oh, that is such a pet peeve of mine. It is the doctor, the guy who makes the unnamed monster. That is very true. Quick side question. Did he actually have a degree? Did he actually have like a doctorate in anything? Or was he just like a soap or like Dr. Dre type doctor? Not I think he had his bachelor's. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Remember <laughs> Phoenix <laughs> University? Uh, that's where he got his doctorate from. So. Similar, similar to this movie? <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. ITT Tech. Okay. Nice. Number three. How do you kill a werewolf? Silver bullet. Correct. We would also accept a silver head of a cane and bash them to death. <laughs> mm-hmm. Any silver, right? It doesn't believe, have to be administered silver, through yes, gun. It doesn't have to be bullet, but silver okay. will uh, what if keep you push the... them in a, sil- a vat of silver? Can they swim? Encase them in Ooh, silver. Yeah. Like liquid silver? Yeah, that's oh, what I'm wondering. God, dude, what oh, if you my, just like, like breathe it in? Silver mane. That'd be a good vamp, oh. a werewolf name. Yeah, can a werewolf swim in silver? I know we have no. some werewolf experts out there. No. 
Well, so. first off, it'd have to be very, very hot liquid metal. Do you think a wolf would survive <laughs> at that temperature? Well, not a normal wolf, but a werewolf. But a werewolf. Who knows? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are the environmental temperature range? Silvermane would survive. <laughs> <laughs> Question four: Who is the unofficial Grave Talk mascot? Um, Adam Scott. You right? got it. Correct. <laughs> We don't talk about him enough I don't know here. why, though, even though I listen to the podcast. <laughs> well, he was on the first episode. He had a, we had a run of Adam Scott and then never <laughs> talked about him ever again. Oh. <laughs> He's on Severance now, doing awesome work there. Fantastic yeah, show. Yeah, not a horror show. I guess We've the discussed finality that, yeah. of horror. It's creepy. Yeah. Uh, we need to do Hellraiser 4. That's yeah. when they go to space, and of he's course. in that one, so we should do that. <laughs> yeah. Question five. Godzilla or King Kong? Godzilla. Thank you. Hold on. Cut the mic. Cut, cut, the, the, cut mic. the mic. No, cut you mic. leave it on. <laughs> There's so many ape apologists on this thing that come in and out of my doors. It's good to have a lizard friend. A God lizard Zilla's friend. Cooler. Yeah, that's what we call each ourselves. <laughs> okay. We're lizard pals. Ape apologists. Uh, sir, <laughs> that's a slur. We call ourselves apist. Oh, sorry. I don't mean to be apist. <laughs> All right. Question six. Frankenberry or Count Chocula? Count Chocula. Oh, God. All right. Well, I thought we were buddies. I'm sorry. No, we're not. We're like 10 to 1 there on the Count Chocula. You just got to give that one up, Mark. No, look. Maybe let's just replace that question. You're never going to find solace in this question. I like strawberry more than chocolate. A. B. I think Frankenstein's monster is cooler than a vampire. Mm -hmm. And C. Just a side note. I think maybe calling him Frankenberry might help confuse people about Frankenstein and Frankenstein's monster. Mm-hmm. It's not called Frankenberry's monster on the box. <laughs> Frankenberry's monster. <laughs> Maybe the monster's name is Barry, and they're saying this is Franken's Barry. <laughs> Question seven. Have you now or have you ever practiced unlicensed surgery on human beings, live or dead? No. You said we were bringing a professional in here, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> she might be licensed. We only asked about unlicensed surgery. Oh, true. Shit. Have you done any licensed procedures? Unfortunately, no. <laughs> okay. Something to aspire to. Well, Emma, welcome to the show. I'm glad to have you on here. Um, what is your relationship with horror? What do the people want to know about you in regards to horror? Well, I've always been drawn to the dark and disturbing I'm a writer and I write dark stuff, mainly sci-fi and horror. I have some short stories people can read on things like Pyre Magazine and um, on my website, emmaemurray.com. And I have some novels that are out um, trying to find a publishing home. And one of them actually is very similar to the movie we're talking about today. Oh, cool. It's uh, about a very disturbed teenage girl. (laughs) But aren't they all? Well, Get at me, corporate America. I got you covered. Right. Well, that's very exciting. And you've got a couple published in short story uh, collections too, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. What are those called? Um, so I have one called Take Control that I absolutely love. It's one of my favorite stories, and it's in an uh, anthology called What One Wouldn't Do. And I really recommend that one. That whole collection is so solid. I think anybody who loves horror would love it. But it is a collection of grief horror, which I know... Garrett, you probably wouldn't agree that all of the things I write are horror because I feel like your definition of horror is very narrow compared to what I consider yeah. horror. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is everyone looking at me? <laughs> Jeez. I don't know. Just I can't argue. My definition of horror is a very defined direction of horror. She's not wrong. Okay. She ain't lying. <laughs> and all those are available via Amazon, you said, right? Oh, yeah. And her website. And her website. God, you yeah. don't pay attention for shit. Look, I try. I do my best. I got slow brain. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't got a good, good, good brain. What's your favorite horror movie? Mm, I have a lot of favorite horror movies, but probably Hellraiser. 
It's a classic. Are and you then, happy with the franchise as a whole, though? No. They okay. Get where would you say? Where would you say it stops? I only like the first two, and okay. I know everybody hates the second one even. <laughs> okay. and, and I just like it because I love the the special effects. I think it's really right. freaky. So and you weren't a, a fan kid. of three. No, not really. Okay. We need more three fans yeah. up in here. That's the most '90s ass Hellraiser they have. The CD guy, come yeah, on, that's come the on. best one. CD I don't guy. like three either, know. but like I only like one and two. But I'm always interested to see if people like three because that one either hit hit or miss for a lot of people. Well, let's cross our fingers. The television show turns out to be something. I thought worthwhile. it was a movie again. Thought it was a TV. It's on a television channel. Oh, it's one of those streaming. It's things. either a Hulu or an HBO thing. That was Peacock. I don't Might know. be Paramount. Could be. I hate you know, the streaming Disney lifestyle. <laughs> We live. This is the worst. All right. Well, what have you guys been up to since last time? Have you watched anything you want to bring yeah. up? So much. So okay. Much. What is it? But I'm not going to tell y'all because we have to move on. No, does I'm it just... end with Rop Run 2? No, it doesn't end with that. It might rhyme? rhyme with that. <laughs> uh, did you just Scooby do that? I sure did. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Top Gun 2, Maverick, Rop Run 2. Uh, no, that was a great film. Not a horror film, so I won't, you know talk about as much as I could, but if you haven't seen it, go see it, because it's awesome. And it's also a good movie to see in a movie theater. Uh, It makes the most of the big screen and the audio and whatnot. How loud are them jets? So loud. Uh, And we went to like this Dolby Cinema Theater, and every time the afterburners would kick on, uh, our seats would vibrate, and I was like, this is exactly what I wanted from this experience. (laughs) So uh, I can highly recommend that. Is that what they call 4D? Now, I think in 4D, like people come around and spray you in the face. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I would like that. Yeah. Like like a bad cat, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Other than that, oh, I saw Firestarter, thumbs down. I saw a movie called- The new one, right? The new one. Okay. Yeah. I saw a movie called Sadness. That's on Shudder. Thumbs up, though. Very disturbing. Pretty intense. It's like a zombie movie. It's okay. Uh, and then a bunch of really bad movies that I, you can look at my letterbox for all my one star reviews, trying to find something good. Follow us on letterbox to see what garbage we watched outside of the podcast. Yeah. Men. We saw men. How was that? Been wanting to see that. Oh, oh boy. That's a, that's a film. That is a, that's a movie. Right. That was a movie that was made. Hope it Oh no. Absolutely <laughs> so. gorgeous. Very interesting. Um, the, the concepts and the story beats that they're going for, um, I think are pretty well executed. Little heavy handed at times, but um, it, it plays well into the story itself. Visually, it gets really disturbing. Towards, I want to say, the last, the third act, it gets very gruesome. Uh, there's a little bit in the beginning, but um, it plays itself. It's an art film, straight up. It's an yeah. art film. It's interesting. It's hard to describe. I'd say out of five, I'd give it a 3.5. I think some people might give it a, a higher score just depending on, you know, like what you like in a movie. What is the message of this film? Is it all men are trash? Um, okay, so. It's like, <laughs> men. Oh, <right. laughs> I there wish there was a sigh in the title. <laughs> men. Uh, returning guest Alex uh, often makes the Simpsons joke from the uh, the uh, afternoon yak Simpsons thing where it's all like, it's the fake view and it's all like men and the crowd goes, boo. <laughs> and she's been making that joke. It is an interesting look at different male, I don't know what the word is because I'm an idiot, but um, different like behavior patterns of men, some of the ways they gaslight, some of the ways their insecurities. It's It, it could be called men boo. Um, <laughs> the men are definitely a an instrumental part of kind of pointing out like just, I don't know, it's, it's about grief also. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's really fucked up. Yeah, that art house grief horror. Yeah, that's yeah, my thing. Straight yeah. up, straight up. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's a very interesting movie. Um, I enjoyed it, but there's some there's some visuals that 
are going to make you go, huh, I'm watching this, huh? Okay, fair <laughs> yeah. enough. I feel like we went on a journey with you because you, the way the review opened and the way the review ended, I was expecting a very different, uh, less yeah. than three well, and a half stars. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. You grew during that review. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's, it, honestly, it's, while I don't think it's going to speak to everyone, I think, particularly like men who are willing to like, you know, acknowledge and be in touch with like their behavior, you know, like societal norms, you know, the way we've been conditioned. There's a, there's a line in the movie where it's like, well, men hit women. That's just something they do, you know, and I'm not going to give any more context, but like there's, if you're willing to like examine like the pathology of like men and women and relationships and stuff like that in general, you can get something out of this movie a lot deeper than just like, I watched a bunch of shit happen. Mm. Um, it's a very interesting take. Okay. Well, that sounds pretty good. I'm gonna have to check that one out. Uh, I also do want to see that new Cronenberg movie at some Ooh, point. Oh, me too. Crimes of yes, Crimes of the Future. Crimes of the Future. I think it's like his first film in eight years or something like that. So I'm interested to see what he's going to bring. Yeah. When people walk out of the theater, you know it's got to be good. Let me tell you what. What? I feel like a lot of these stories are embellished. One person, I go to the bathroom and they're like, people are walking out. <laughs> it's happening. Because I feel like every horror movie claims that people... I mean, if anyone could do it, Cronenberg can. But I also... Healthy dose of skepticism on all these claims of people walking out of theaters or passing out or... I'm always hesitant of any movie that sells itself like, it's the scariest thing. People couldn't sit through it. Like when you sell your movie based off like that, that's your major selling point. I often like wonder, did you just do a bunch of gross shit just to gross people out? This is actually like... You think it's like a Kuzo? I think based off the trailer, I think there's probably going to be a fair bit of like, look what we did. Isn't that just crazy? But Cronenberg also does a really good movie, too. So I'm interested to see how he combines the two. But I'm also a little skeptical of whether they just went hard for the sake of going hard or if it actually is uh, important enough for the story to be at that level. I was hoping to watch it yesterday, but I can't go see that before I go see Downton Abbey. Or my wife will be upset. There's so. a dog in Downton Abbey. I saw the poster there is. for it. Yeah. Wait, down, isn't that a show? That <laughs> is a show, but they've been doing movies since they canceled the show. Oh. So now they're riding the high in the, in the silver screen. Well, we're moving on up. That's right. Okay. Well, I saw one called Vamp, and I'm sure somebody here at the table may have seen Vamp from the 80s. Garrett, that seems like a you movie. Yep. It's stripper vampires. Yep. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's about these boys who find themselves on the wrong side of town in the wrong strip club that's run by a vampiress. From Egypt, I believe. I believe it's Egyptian. The, the middle, yeah, I believe it's uh, that area. Uh, uh, visuals there. I loved it. It was so much fun. It's it's uh, a good time to revisit the '80s and like all the gel filters and all the weird lit streets. And you're like, I wish streets were really lit like that. Anyway, that one was great. I <laughs> Is that on Shutter? Uh, I bought it. Oh, all right. But check that one out if you're into vampires and strippers. It's a good time. Who isn't? <laughs> All right, a little bit of news. Uh, You guys talked about Chris Landon a couple weeks ago. He's the director of Happy Death Day. Oh. Well, he has been greenlit to do a remake of Arachnophobia. Remake! What do you think of that? Arachnophobia, that's the one with John Goodman, or the one that had John Goodman in it, right? Correct. Okay. The Spider movie. And Jeff Daniels, I think. Yeah, you have Jeff Daniels. Mm -hmm. I have no thoughts. I think I'll be okay with this movie, because it's not like Arachnophobia is a uh, gem of (laughs) modern filmmaking to begin with, so... I'm not afraid of spiders. That's also part of it. But what if they're big spiders? Mm, how big? How big does it take to make you scared? Mm. <laughs> Let's talk. Let's negotiate <laughs> yeah. this out. What's the biggest spider you think you could take in a fight? Uh, pumpkin-sized spider. Pumpkin-sized spider. That's yeah. a big spider. That's right. Jack-o'-lantern. Okay, I'm thinking like fist-sized. That's pretty that's, much... That's a tarantula. Yeah. I don't know if I could take one in a you fight. You could. <laughs> I they're, found them around my apartment. They're strong for their size, Mark. You got to oh. think about it. They're like ants. You're right. Yeah. Plus, they can leap. Oh. That's a good point. 
They got eight legs. So yeah. when you, you're busy with holding two of them. They've got six more just <laughs> yeah. going at you. That's fair. I can only hold one <laughs> limb at a time. Okay. It's a good point. I'm not afraid of spiders, so they start leaping. Once any insect starts jumping, I'm not a fan. Flying roaches. Oh, God. Michael why? Jordan terrified him. Yeah. <laughs> Is Michael Jordan an insect? <laughs> no, but he could jump really well. You're know, jumping humans, fine. Jumping <laughs> humans? Okay. Yeah. In fact, so know, it's just insects. Any mammal jumping, good to go. <laughs> Most fish. Okay. Uh, reptiles, hit or miss. Insects, thumbs it's like down. It's a group of kangaroos like, it's on, boys. Let's do this shit. Yeah. I feel like arachnids are like the bouncers of the bug kingdom. You know what I mean? Bouncers of yeah. the bug kingdom. They're big and tough. Like, think, you know, scorpions. They got the stingers and the yeah, pinchers. The true. spiders got the fangs and the, the, ta- the, the stingers also. <laughs> <laughs> See, I am scared of spiders. And I just don't think that giant spiders are that scary, actually. Like, it's the fact that they can just be in the room with you and then come out all of a sudden. Oh, they're kind of scary. The smaller yeah. aspect. Yeah, of yeah they're like going to be under your covers or something. Ugh. Oh, God, I didn't think about that. I think you're right. Yeah, that is more creepier because yeah. they're, they're creeping around. You know what's going on? They're so quiet. We'll just start a side <laughs> podcast called More Creepier. Yeah, Quiet Like a Spider. I think that's what the saying is. I've heard that my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. But you know that like the parts in like the Hobbit, you know, they get caught and put in a cocoon of. Uh, Should we just list web. all spider movies? Yeah, what else <laughs> the giant spider invasion. Yeah. What about a spider man? Ooh. Is he scary? No. No. It's because he doesn't look like a spider. What if a, a spider got human powers? Ooh. That'd be a downgrade. If Peter Parker had eight eyes. Then that would be scary. That would be scary. Yeah. yeah. Now I'm creeped out. Yeah. I don't like extra eyes. I'm not a fan of that. All right. Well, that's arachnophobia coming to the theater <laughs> near you. <laughs> well, Emma, I'm sorry. Have you watched anything recently that you wanted to talk about? Um, I actually, I just saw Titan. I don't know how much I can tell you without it being a big spoiler, mm, but one of those. There is some strange car sex scenes. So two cars. No, people a, in a woman two having cars, sex with a car. <laughs> Damn, oh. bro. Okay, I'll like you. Autobots, you know. If it wasn't two cars fucking, what really happened is by second guess and probably better of a woman having sex with a car. That yes. is strange. That's what happens. Yeah. yeah. So, and it's, wow. it's a really beautiful movie, actually, the way it's shot and stuff. I, I really recommend it, but it is, it's a weird movie. It's hard to talk about without spoiling it, I feel. Okay. Well, Titan, that, I believe that's available somewhere on streaming. Shutter, I believe. Shutter? I, well, Shutter had it for a or while. Or Hulu, I, I think. Oh, I think I maybe, saw it maybe it was Hulu. I hate God the streaming it. life. <laughs> you know where you, everyone go to justwatch.com, put it in there. It'll tell you where it there is. There you go. Okay. So Titan, two thumbs up. Yeah. Okay. Let's get into today's film, which is Excision from 2012. And the director said the idea is between an 80s teen comedy and a David Cronenberg film. And that's what he set out to make. He made a short film that was 18 minutes long as basically his pitch idea for the full length. And he shopped it around and he won a lot of awards. Based on all the things that happened in the movie, a lot of people turned him down. But when it started winning awards and festivals and things, it got uh, some traction and a budget. And, Typical. Well, that's how this works. Yeah, that's true. And uh, he got some famous people to show up in it, which yeah. was cool seeing a lot of those people pop in and out. Who? Uh, let's see. We've got a Mart, uh, Malcolm McDowell. almost said Martin McDowell. <laughs> Malcolm's Martin. lesser known right. sibling. We've got a Ray Wise from Twin Peaks and RoboCop. We've and the voice of Commissioner Gordon from the uh, Batman, the Batman animated movie, uh, The Killing Joke. Oh, cool. Yeah, I didn't know that. Uh, we also have Jonathan Waters. Mm-hmm. You may be familiar. Why are you guys looking at me? <laughs> Why would it seem like you would be a fan? <laughs> 
You're just I, across from me. I'm actually hit or miss on John Waters. I, I love the man. I think he does some awesome stuff. I love what he like brings to the table. But a lot of I wouldn't say a lot, but I'd say about half of the stuff he does. I'm kind of I'm lukewarm on. I can I can Same. leave her, you know, take with me. But. That's fair. But he's a he's a big guy. Oh, he's in the a industry, cultural icon. So he's yeah. awesome. It's Mar- fun that he was a cameo in this. Whenever mm-hmm. yeah, he appears, yeah. you're like, what? <laughs> uh, according to the director, I think uh, Tracy Lords also in this film said, "Hey, John." Here's this guy making a movie. They sent him the script, and John was like, "This movie's weird." He's like, "Oh no, John's gonna turn me down." No, he's, he's in. like, well, "Yeah, he's all right, be- I'll be in it." <laughs> right? But he was worried at first. He's like, "Nah, John doesn't want to do it either." So it's like taking a mafia movie to Paul Sorvino and be like, "This is a mafia movie," and like, "Oh god, he's gonna turn it down." No, he's not. <laughs> you know he's gonna be in this damn movie. There's not a single mafia movie that that man is not starring. He's got right of first refusal to every mafia movie. It's incredible. He's got That's a great right. agent. And just to round out the faces you would have recognized, Marley. Matlin also in this as the counselor. Mm-hmm. And like you said, Tracy Lords, and she was amazing. Like she should have won an Oscar for this. I think she was a great uptight mother. Yeah, I mean, she did a great job. Okay, here's who the rest of the cast of the movie consists of. Yeah, who's the star? Ma- she also movie. made that movie Uptight Mother. <laughs> <laughs> We're really working backwards. Yeah, here, let me give you the info. Directed by Richard Bates Jr., uh, this one stars Anna Lynn McCord as Pauline, Roger Bart as Bob, Ariel Winter as Grace. Uh, you might recognize her from Modern Family. Oh, is that her little girl was? Yeah. Oh, okay. She's a little, the younger sister of that. Okay. Tracy Lords as Phyllis. Jeremy Sumter as Adam. Molly McCook as Natalie. And that's probably all I really need to call out. Yeah. yeah. The rest you've already yeah. talked about. John Waters is the priest. Malcolm McDowell as the teacher. So right. Marley as the counselor. Ray Wise as the principal. Yeah. Okay. Just so we know the characters. Good point. <laughs> Good point. Give them a... We gave them the names. Give them a job. Give them the role. <laughs> 85% on Rotten Tomato out of 27 reviews. Which seemed high when really? I first saw it. Yeah, at first mm-hmm. it kind of took me back. I did not think it was going to be that high just based off some of the imagery and the way this movie like plays itself out like art-wise. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, no, this is not going to be. And then I like went on this deep dive of like reviews and kind of read what people were saying. I was like, okay, this makes sense. I see why people are kicking it around this number. Yeah, I think it's a fair number. I just didn't expect that from the critics. 61% with the audience out of 1,000 plus reviews. That's where I would have thought critics would have put it at. It's because they just didn't get it, though. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't like something, it's because yeah. you don't get it. If they got it, they would have liked it. So. Oh, now I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, I think this is a really good movie. I enjoyed it. So I lean more toward the critics this time than the audience. Good deal. I have a treat for you today. Oh. You specifically, John. Okay. I don't have one box. I have two back Get of the out boxes. Of here. Oh, I you know, I mentioned this in the episode. Reading these back of the boxes, this is like tough work, man. Reading is hard. <laughs> yeah. It's like digging ditches. <laughs> like, how really, does he do this? It, it's, it's tough. It's yeah. a lot of practice at home. I read every box in my house. Good. Cereals. Yeah, you know, I, I'm like, oh, yeah, cornstarch. I came yeah, in unprepared and needed to take a nap afterwards. John I was like, is, we got to pause. still mesmerized by how can openers work, too. <laughs> yeah, it's factual. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, uh, now you can be a little empathetic to my struggle on the podcast. Very much so. The fact that you just read it and keep recording. I told you, we took a 20-minute break. <laughs> <laughs> I got to take a nap. <laughs> yeah. I read words. Could do it. We had, right. to, we had to spritz them off like a bad cat. Yeah. You should have seen how much I was sweating. Oof. Well, I got one from Australia and one from America. So which one do you want me to read first? Mark flexing over here, doing them in foreign languages. Australian. Oh, foreign languages. <laughs> Crikey. Yeah, you Is it box? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'll go in and out of it so badly. Let's just not insult uh, all of Australia today. Uh, We're still going to end up doing a Cockney accent halfway through. <laughs> Oi, mate. Oi, mister. Uh, I'd say, yeah, let's start overseas. Uh, okay. Yeah. Here we go. 
extremely brave, confident, funny, gross, and interesting. Amazing performances all around and really packed with emotions, says Total Film. Is that it? (laughs) (laughs) What more do you need after that? I'm weighing if I want to read the other back-of-the-box quotes from these people. Are they all from Total Film? No. (laughs) One of the most extraordinarily odd, impressive films of the year, says Empire Magazine. That was 2012. I don't know if you remember that year. That was 10 years ago. Jesus. Some of these feel like they're snippets of quotes that then say, but, at the end of it. <laughs> well, uh, they but. either start or end with ellipses, yeah. so you I never wonder know. what the rules on that is. <laughs> Bunch of trash, but yeah. it was interesting. Ah, interesting. Dot, 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 interesting. <laughs> Pauline is a frumpy social leper. Frumpy? <laughs> frumpy. Wow. <laughs> Thanks, you know, Australia. It's, such a, it's just so much more hurtful than a regular insult. Right. Someone called you frumpy? You're like, damn, you dug deep for that one. It's like okay. a word of the day insult. Almost finished the first sentence. Here we go. <laughs> Pauline is a frumpy social leper at home and at high school. To survive the taunts of her peers, she escapes into a bizarre psychosexual fantasy world where her medical aspirations warp into a melange of mayhem involving tongues, abortions, and bloody background surgery. A twisted body horror surgical sensation, Excision is one of the blackest, most original horror films of the last decade. It outraged Sundance and Walmart refused to stock it. A must-see. A striking debut from writer Richard Bates Jr. Never before has the term cutting edge been so apt. Oh, God. That's a little cheesy. (laughs) Well, The three things they chose from the dream sequences, I'm like, hmm, okay. And then they're like, Walmart refused to stock it. And then it was like, the most cutting edge. I'm like, all right, y'all have gone off the rails. (laughs) Your parents don't want you to see it. They might as well just put that one on there. Yeah. I did look up what this was rated, though, instantly. Like, I think it was like 15 minutes in the movie. I was like, unrated. Oh, I want to see what the uh, that parent website has to say about oh, it. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it's like, don't. Yeah, don't. <laughs> if you look it up on that website, uh, they put you on a list. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's the American version. Okay. In a performance critics are calling ballsy, fearless, and exceedingly brilliant, Anna Lynn McCord of 90210 stars as Pauline, an unattractive high school outcast who hates her uptight mother is caring towards her chronically ill sister and wants to lose her virginity to the popular classmate. But most of all, Pauline loves her psychosexual fantasies about performing graphic surgery. And very soon, an extremely disturbed suburban teen is about to make all of her dreams come true. A masterpiece, a must for horror fans, says Dead Film. Hmm. I'll say my my first thing is, they were like, Americans won't know what frumpy means. Go with unattractive. <laughs> That's an Australian term. Yeah. We don't use that overseas. I feel like combined, they accurately described the movie. The Australian one really was focused on the dream part of it and like didn't even mention the actual rest of the movie. Right. Everything that happens in real life. Yeah. And mm. like the American one was all about, made it sound more like a high school drama. Yeah. Well, let's well, also point out this is the new 90210 that she starred in. This is not the old 90210. Yeah. Well, she couldn't be in high school if she was in the old one. Well, I'm just saying. A lot of people may be confused. They're like, 90210, how old is this high school girl? Well, what do you guys think of Excision? I thought it was perfect. Perfect. Perfect, perfect. in every way. <laughs> okay. You were the one that recommended that I watch this one, and I yes. was like, you know what? We haven't done a movie like this in quite some time. 
So we needed to get we've some had more. some in the same vein, but yeah, it's been a while since we've kind of like tapped this kind of like specific, you know. So I was like, let's do one of these. Let's do uh, as the boxes say. Would you consider this a body horror? Yeah, although I don't know if I would consider it scary, like it says on the box. It's like, gory. Yeah, but I mean, but there is a the kind of quiet horror to it, but it's not necessarily scary. Like when you're watching it, I think it's more something that sits with you. Yeah, I think I agree with that take. There wasn't anything that was too... Well, it's shocking. It's more shock than yeah. than scary in a lot of instances. Um, a lot of the dream sequences are are so ornate and clean and brightly lit. Well, I definitely got the the sterile kind of like clean feel of like, you know, her, her doctor, her medical like desire mixed mm. in those dream sequences. I think that's why it was so well lit, so clean, tile, white. A lot of that stuff was, you know front and center to kind of do that juxtaposition against like, you know, that aspect of it. Right. But, but I think that that could be why, you know, people are like, oh, it's not, it may not be a horror movie because it's so different. It's a stark contrast from the dark rooms of, you know, if you watch a Dr. Giggles doing surgery or something, you know, it's all dimly lit, you know, real close cuts mm-hmm. and just a lot of Foley work and stuff. There's not a lot of that here. Don't right? be smirched, Dr. Giggles. I'm not. <laughs> okay. I'm a fan of the doctor. Okay. Yeah. Just, all of my cosmetic surgery is done by Giggles. So <laughs> <laughs> that's why you're so pretty. Thank you. <laughs> what did you think of it, John? Uh, well, I already shared. I really liked it, but I mean, I don't want to garret it and say it's not a horror movie. But man, <laughs> it's a stretch. There's like these these scenes, these dream. I guess they're dreams that are very gory. No, but the end. Yeah, that's where the horror comes in. And that's something that I'll give you that. That's something that I <clears throat> I also have a hard time, you know, uh, reconciling with myself. Is like just because something has a shocking, like horrific end, does that compensate for like almost an entire movie a lack of horror in in some senses? You know, like. I, I deal with that a lot in other movies as well, <clears throat> because I'm like, oh, my God, the end, like the woman is a good example of that. Remember that movie where like until she freaks out at the fucking end, like you yeah. only had a few like creepy scenes, but the rest is just like a family drama. That's the one where the savage woman is being yeah. kept in the garage. Yeah, and then she goes nuts and just murders the whole family and right. like, goes ape shit at the end. I, I, you know what? I see a parallel to that. I think yeah. that's a similar type structure. And again, I'm not saying one. that's that's wrong because that, sometimes the end can be so like you know horrific. You're like, oh shit, this is like a scary movie. But like, it's it's a fine line to walk where that can uh, accommodate an hour of film beforehand. Now, if this movie didn't have so many like gory dream sequences. I think it would be harder to say. This is more horror for me, but I can see how they can they, people can make that correlation. Mm-hmm. See, that's what I think is so brilliant about it is that it starts as this just dark comedy and then it shifts slowly. And there's just certain points that when I rewatched it, even I was like, that's where it starts to shift more. And then you realize at the end, even when there's still jokes and stuff, that it's it has completely devolved into something just horrific. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's why it's so brilliant. And Without that, getting into it, did you guys see the ending coming beforehand or did it surprise you the first time i did not see it coming no I didn't, yeah really okay yeah. i called it in my notes really? oh yeah i have a point in my notes where i'm like oh she's gonna blank and like i was like i think i might be wrong it is but, foreshadow and then like and then like at the end i was like call that shit on rewatch i was like oh she's laying it out there uh, don't worry i'm gonna save you like she says things like that and just randomly I'm oh like, yeah oh, I, I saw okay. that shit so early in the movie but i did not expect it to play out the way it did and i was like okay right on i mean i watched this movie with commercials on amazon <laughs> perfect never watch a horror movie with commercials it's the dumbest decision you can make but it was late you guys were asleep and i didn't have the password so um but afterwards i went and bought it i mean it's that good of a movie 
I'd still recommend it. I mean, this movie's a fun watch, well, fun in a weird way, but it's, you know, I enjoyed it the whole time. And the actress who plays the main Pauline, she did a great job. I thought she was really, really good uh, and very realistic in like how I think someone like that would, re- you know, act. Well, the setup for this movie is that we are going to follow around a teenage girl, Pauline, who is coming into her own sexual awareness. Awakening, if you will. Awakening. And she has all these other fantasies, as the boxes allude to, like surgical precision surgeries and just blood and gore. And they're starting to intertwine with her sexual awakening. Well, she wants to be a surgeon. She has a she has this medical aspirations. So like as a teenager, when you're starting to kind of like, I want to do this when I grow up or, you know, like I feel like I have a passion for blank. And then you mix that with like the sexual awakening that, you know, also comes with puberty and stuff like that. I thought the movie did a really good job of executing both of those kind of like coming into your own uh, really well. Like the movie did a really good job of showing that. But the way the way they showed it was interesting. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'm maybe I'm the weird one. But like when I was a teenager, I wanted to be a lawyer and I did not have sex dreams of like law books. <laughs> you were so, out of line, judge. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't fuck on the bar. No, I wasn't like, oh, boy, the Constitution. I'm really getting off over here. <laughs> So I don't know that, that that's uh, a usual. We the motherfucking people. Yeah. I don't know that's a usual intertwining that teenagers go through. Or got I'm the weird one. Your constitutional sexual name would be John Hancock. Oh. Porno. 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 Also, is that what Titan did the lady want to be a mechanic before she starts fucking cars? Yeah, maybe, you know. That's just how it is. If you don't if you're not sexually aroused by your job, quit. Pauline is also like a social pariah. She's not accepted in her her, uh, social structures at school. Everybody makes fun of her. But I think one of the things that is very standout for that type of scenario is that normally people that are picked on like that have low self-esteem. But if you view Pauline's dreams, she's always just like gorgeously dressed. She looks like, I can't even describe her outfits in some of these sequences, but she has a very high self-esteem. The very fashionista, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of, you know. Yeah. Which Even think- outside of the dreams, though, she has high self-esteem. Like, yeah. in high school, I was not as outgoing as this supposed outcast is. Like, she's a pretty impressive person. She's self-assured. She knows yeah. exactly what she wants. I have a note that says, Pauline really needs to close her mouth more. But goddamn, I wish I had her confidence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you will be held accountable for your own actions. You look super busy. I'm going to go. Yeah, you're right. She doesn't dress for anybody, right? She never puts on makeup outside of this cotillion that she's going to have to go to. Yeah, I did not know what that was. And then I Googled it and it just was bringing up languages. So (laughs) I believe it is a class for making you a proper woman. Yeah, it's like a coming into society Uh, for like the upper class. Okay, you you mingle amongst the the younger socialites and you learn like kind of like, you know, like a quinceanera type thing. No, (laughs) and it's sort of. But no, uh, quinceanera is more like like you're a woman now. Yeah. Go get it, girl. Mazel tov. This is more just <laughs> yeah, like close. A, yeah, like a bar mitzvah. What am I, what am I working this with here? This is more just kind of like, you know, like it's like a, I don't want to call it a matchmaking party, but it's a, a matchmaking skill mm. party, but it's also kind of like a coming out thing for no. young socialites. You know what? I'm yeah. fine. I don't need to know about it anymore. <laughs> it's, a fancy, it's a fancy bougie shit we're never going to yeah. be yeah. involved in. John, if I asked you where your fork goes in relation to your plate, would you be able to solve this riddle? Let me tell you what. Thanks to Titanic, I know. 
outside in. That's how ah, you use them. You're halfway there. Yeah. Welcome to society, my boy. Thank you. Thank you. Sean, I have two forks here. Which one's the shrimp fork? Which one's the salad fork? Well, whichever one I use to eat shrimp is the shrimp fork. My fingers at the shrimp fork. Yeah, right. You, you lost me on that one. A, a fork for shrimp, huh? Why don't one of you describe her family? She has an extremely overbearing mom who is just, it's played by Tracy Lords. Very, her way is the only way. Very overbearing. Very, you know, like she wants her daughters to fit into a mold, but she only really applies this to Pauline and not the younger daughter, Gracie, who has cystic fibrosis. Um, and I don't know if she's given the, the younger daughter a pass because of the health issue. No, I think it's because the younger daughter is in the mold. Yeah, I think that that's why. Falls more in line with the mom's yeah, you know, she, nature. Yeah, she is what she wants the perfect daughter to be, and Pauline is not. <laughs> that, that's true. Pauline is on the spectrum and has her own path to deal with. Um, who, I think there is a little bit of her being sick. Leniency added to. I, I think, think it's a little, little bit. bit sure, but, I mean. Right. That just goes but, with anybody who's sick, you know. Well, except sure. for Bob, because she'd fucking crucify that man if he what was sick. What did Bob oh do? God. If he gets a cold, she's going to be like, guy. you dumb fuck. And I'm like, whoa. Yeah, poor Bob. It's just like that Psycho Gorman dad almost. No, 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 unless no. Pulled back a little bit. I was about to say, Psycho Gorman dad was a real fucking train wreck in his own right. But yes, he was, you know, kind of like run over in the family. But this dude isn't really doing anything wrong. No, I, when he goes to like kiss her and she's like, not now. Oh, dude. He was like, he like yeah. just leans over and she's like, ah. and I was like, oh, he poor dude. But like, he's trying to be there. He's trying to like give his daughters a little leeway to kind of become themselves and be confident in who they are. She's not having the mom's not having any of that. Well, everyone gives him shit because with the cold sore, like he saved Pauline's life. Yeah. I had that note here and I was like, yo, I get why she'd be mad. But like she, he did save he your saved life. saved her life. You got it. But as a teenager, think about the, yeah. the work you'd have to go through to like deal with that. And like, you know, how ignorant, you know, teenagers are about, you know, STDs and things like that. So I can understand that being a real traumatic thing for Pauline to deal with. But at the same time, it's like, it's not like he was just like, here, let me give you this because I got nothing to do. It was like, he saved your life. So cut him a little slack. I just couldn't believe that she piled on with her mom like that. When it was like, yeah. Did anybody <laughs> else get the that. vibes that she is more like her mom than she wants to admit? Like, she's very controlling in her own way because, like, she controlled her world with an iron fist, much like her mom tried to control her. They were a matching pair. Well, and there was that scene where the mom is like, you know, my mom hurt me when I was your age and I still haven't forgiven her. And she's basically trying to be like, I know that I'm not doing everything right. And it's just so real, too, because honestly, this movie examines what it is to be like an outcast teenager, but also what it is to raise like a, a tough teenager. Because, I mean, she seems like such a bitch, but really, if you rewatch it and you have a little bit of sympathy for her, you realize that she's going through a lot, too. Like, she wants yeah. her to fit perfect, but at the same time, like, Pauline is a handful. <laughs> no, Pauline's definitely a handful. And the stuff that she doesn't even know about. Like, if she knew Pauline was, like, eating birds, what the fuck? We, let's get into this plot, because I want to get to this <laughs> bullshit. Because, man, there is some stuff in this movie I'm just like, hold up. I had to rewind a couple times, because I was like, I swear to God, I just missaw that. Okay, well, how does it kick off? <laughs> Straight out the gate. No intro, just a title. And we get a, a an opening sequence, a dream sequence set against turquoise tile, mm -hmm. right? So all of her dream sequences are going to take place in the same sort of setting. There is one Pauline who's 
shaking and convulsing and bleeding from the mouth while they're sitting facing each other while the other one seems to be orgasming. Yeah. It seems that, no was orgasming. There's <laughs> no seems maybe. to be. And I, that that's Mark, can I you ask the, you a question? No. You, okay. <laughs> what? What is it? <laughs> no, we're good. We're good. Um, yes, no, they're sitting face to face on stools while one is in pain, the other one is getting off to it. It's the juxtaposition of pleasure and pain. Right. And you're going to take this through the whole movie. Just remember that viewer? Yeah. This is the underlying psychosexualness that all the back of the box talks about. Which, not to cut too far ahead, did that pay off? Did the sexual aspect really pay off other than the fact that it was just kind of shaping who she was? Because towards the end of the movie, we never revisit, like at the end of the second act, we never revisit the sexual aspect of any of this. I actually agree. That's like one of my only real criticisms with it, because I think it is there to more show what it is to be a teenager and that she I think she's dealing with her sexuality, too. Oh, yeah. And like just like, you know, because like she, for instance, says multiple times that she doesn't care what boys think. And she seems like maybe she's exploring like being into girls. And like this is also like kind of showing that symbolically that she's like all fucked up and she doesn't know what she wants. She's exploring sexuality as 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 a concept, less of a like a pathway yes. and they put such an emphasis on it in the first two acts that I thought oh there's going to be some sexual aspect to like her break at the end and they just kind of it's I just want to make sure it wasn't me that just seemed like they abandoned that no yeah I thought that was okay. a little bit strange too right. it doesn't really take away from the movie but it definitely I kept expecting it to come back at some point and it didn't really seem to come back do you think this movie at any point makes Pauline a sympathetic character yes yes yeah but only momentarily. And I'm not just talking about the end. Um, there are times where Pauline really does reap what she sows. And I, I kind of want to feel bad for her. But I also feel like I don't know if like a social structure, like a friend would be an answer to that. Or I don't know what the, the improved pathway would be for her. But there are times when it's like you're literally making it worse for yourself. And that is kind of somewhat being a teenager, you know, we all make dumb decisions. The angsty, the angst at your parents, you know, is always something that I'm going to like understand, but it's hard for me to sympathize with kids on that. Cause of hindsight, you're like, Oh yeah, I was just being a dick to be a dick. And she'd do something. I'm like, well, you just, you did that. Like, sorry, Pauline, like deal with it. See, I feel like she doesn't have very much support in her life. And that even when she does terrible things, you feel like all these people are missing the chance to step in and intervene and stop this horrible breakdown that she has. And like, for instance, the scene where she overhears her mom say she's impossible to love oh, and God. she breaks down. That like, I hurt. mean, yeah, exactly. Like, and I think she already thought that, you know, you can tell that she thinks her mom hates her. That scene hit way too close to home. While the mom is trying in her own way, you can tell she really is trying to understand her. And Pauline just loses it. Like she to hear that she knows like, oh, my gosh, she doesn't love me. And then she also kind of realizes that this is the part where I got Pauline like trying to like start to think of other people's perspectives because you could tell she kind of like understood her mom sort of in that. But man, I feel like that with everybody I know. It doesn't matter if it's friends, family. I always feel like everyone just like, can't stand me behind my back. And so when that scene hit, I was just like, fuck. <laughs> like I had to pause the movie and be like, all right, we're going to take a moment here. But that scene was really well done. So I don't know if the writer intended for that to be that heavy, but that was a really intense scene. Get yourself a dog. They'll always love you. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's true, Garrett. That was a pretty intense scene. Whoa, this is heavy. There's that word again, heavy. Why are things so heavy in the future? Is there a problem with the Earth's gravitational pull? 
after the dream sequence, she comes down to the breakfast table, which is going to be a reoccurring setting for this movie. Um, we're introduced to the family. We see that the mother is doing the overbearingness of like, well, Pauline, if you would get yourself together, you'd be more better, successful in life and better and everything else. And the dad's just kind of absentee through a lot of these breakfast scenes. I wouldn't say absentee. I would say conditioned to keep his mouth shut. Yeah. <laughs> right. He's the beta of the marriage, right? So <laughs> yeah. And I don't think he wants alpha. to be. I think he's just like, damned if I do, damned if I don't, I'll wait for my moments. And yeah, I think he's given up, kind of. He's like, eh. I always wonder how these people get together. Like, how did Bob and the, the mom meet Well, it probably Mary. didn't start that way. You know, it yeah. probably evolved yeah. into that. And then in a lot Kids of instances... Kids can change a lot of shit, too. I was going to say, in a lot of instances, people don't leave bad situations for the kids. Well, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm assuming. I'm, okay. I'm reading into that. It doesn't say that outright. No, you know what? I don't think he wants to leave, because whenever he tells her, like, you have to go easier on your mom, she's going through a lot. Yeah. Like, well, he mm-hmm. tell, he like, he's like, he's like, what was that scene? He leans over and he's like, you're beautiful. Like, out of nowhere, he just compliments his wife. Like, like you can tell he loves the shit out of her. And yeah, she, and like, after Pauline is like, you know, not all of us are getting fat from menopause. And he's like, I think you look great. And yeah. she just looks so mad. And the thing that yeah. me off about that is like, he's so sincere too. He's yeah. not just like, like I got a compliment her now. He's like, I think you look great. And she's just like, what the fuck ever? And you're just like, <laughs> I'm like, Bob, my dude. No, come on, man. Just stay the course, my dude. He does stay the course and it doesn't end well for him. No, it doesn't. Well, Pauline goes to school and she's in her health class learning about STDs. And Pauline raises her hand and goes, can you get an STD from a dead person? That question was asked in one of my uh, sex ed classes. Was it a joke? No, that was a real someone, question that someone why? asked. Why? So, I don't think it was like, can you fuck a dead person and get an STD? I think it was just like, can diseases like be spread from dead people to live people? So more out of curiosity and less more, out of practice. More out of, yeah, more out of curiosity <laughs> question. But that was one that was asked in my my uh, high school sex ed class. I was like, are we going to have to queue up TSOL's Code Blue song? <laughs> um, I have some questions. I mean, I don't know that the statistic that he gives is right. This is one out of two teens is going to get an <laughs> <Yeah>. STD. Like 50%. What's going on in Australia? That's well, that scare you straight shit. Yeah, you guess, know what I mean? Yeah. Well, not only that, I mean, like, what is it? Like 78% of, like, people have, like, a form of herpes now. I mean, I don't know. Maybe the numbers have changed. Maybe, like, it is that crazy high. Inflation. If, it's everywhere. STD inflation. <laughs> like, what are you guys going to do? Right. Um, when I was in school in seventh grade, we had a joker kid who would just like randomly ask bullshit like that to the teacher. And he's like, can you get, can you get a lady pregnant through the butt? Like that was one of the questions. It's like, Oh God, dude, you you're like, okay. The you jury's think still out, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you think you're being funny. So I was like, is this just one of that? Like, was she trying to be the joker no. of the class? But clearly not. I think she was being very sincere. Yeah. No, that was a genuine question. Right. Do you think she was, there was a plan that she was like, I'm going to find a corpse. And then was like, how about the hot kid in school? I actually expected her to fuck a dead guy based on the question and all the, you know, the sexuality trailer the also very much made it seem like, you know, like I'm going to fuck. And it was like, and I like dead things. And I was like, well, let's do the math here. Right. So she gets picked up from school and on the way home, the mother stops the car and Uses something called the truth horn. <laughs> but she went, oh, that was the best. First, she went to put on her seatbelt, which is really annoying. Hook it in so it stops beeping. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. All, all modern cars yeah, now will was, annoy you till you put so it on. So I get where the mom's coming from. And then she does the truth horn. And that was... Uh, that Which was, is she just lays into the horn of the car until the daughter starts talking. I'm going to ruin that scene for anyone who watches this movie after they listen to this. If you look in the back window, you can see the uh, the car with their flashers on blocking traffic on the street. Oh. So when they're stopped <laughs> having that conversation, there's a car at the end of the road behind them with their flashers on blocking the road so no one can go past uh. them because they're filming that scene. Mm. And the moment they start going, that car with the flashers is like keeping pace. And I was like, oh, it's the pace car. Nice. Garrett's here to ruin the magic. Way to go. <laughs> Let me tell you, the beauty of being completely oblivious to everything is you never notice shit like that. You never <laughs> see the boom mics come in and like poke somebody in the eye. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Did that happen? <laughs> the director could walk on and go cut. And I'd be like, oh, is this part of the movie? What's happening? <laughs> Who's this guy? Yeah. Is he yeah. dead? Did I miss something? <laughs> I thought uh, the truth horn characterized the mom so perfectly, like right away. I thought that was, and it was so funny and yeah. it gives you that whole dark humor. Most definitely. You know what kind of person it is. You know what kind of person you are if you use the truth horn. <laughs> and can we also just take a moment to just point out how fucking amazing Tracy Lord looks at her age. My God, that woman mm. looks like she just stopped aging at a certain point. Yeah. Yeah, she uh, gorgeous. I will never stop to recommend Sharkensaw's Women Prison <laughs> Massacre, also starring Tracy Lords. Okay. Yeah. Check our Amazon Prime Russian Roulette episode. Yeah. yeah. Forever ago. It's time to do another one of those. Yeah. But uh, that's neither here nor there. No. So we learned uh, that she learned about uh, the Civil War and STDs in school. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Which I, I want to learn about Civil War STDs. Syphilis. That's the one. Is that the only yeah. one? <laughs> I think that was the big one. We haven't discovered the other ones yet. Well, they were also in Virginia, and I was just like, I wonder what their Civil War talks look like. Mm. My dearest Virginia, yeah. I ride home to tell you today that I have discovered a sore on my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it looks like. Well, they're on their way to therapy, quote unquote, therapy. Yeah. Church therapy. <laughs> well, the worst kind of therapy you can ever get. But astonishingly common. Right. Yeah, this is a thing I think a lot of poor teenagers are subjected to. I, man, if you're going to help reshape someone's mind that's damaged, you can't be stuffing your moral codes in there. You heard it here. Yeah. <laughs> Religious. You no. Know. Religion damaging. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Not only by the president, I'm also a member. <laughs> well, what, tell us the scene, John. Uh, well, she goes and meets her uh, pastor, who's played by John Waters, uh, exceptionally well. And basically, I mean, she just turns it up to 11. Uh, she asks him what he would say if she said that she had Jesus in her backyard and uh, knew how to reanimate him. And I don't remember his response, but it was... He says, like, You'll, you're a very troubled girl. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, I just want you to hate this as much as I hate all of your sermons every Sunday. Gotta love it, man. Yeah. I love the tenacity of that. But yeah, he, his expression is just like, deadpan like what are we doing here yeah. okay yeah sure. water plays all a very right. subdued character which was interesting to see because at any point i expect him to camp it up a little bit and he didn't mm-hmm. right to kept it straight the whole time but he's clearly as over this as she is there's like neither one of them want to be there <laughs> i see i got the vibe of like i know what i'm getting into with her but i'm still like i'm still gonna do what i gotta do like i never got the like he had given up on her i just got the mm-hmm. like like i'm gonna deal with some sass okay do you got it out of your system like 
I think okay. this kind of, is this isn't just new. sass. Yeah, this is like sass times twelve antagonistic, like mass antagonistic behavior. Right. Yeah, I need to needle this man. Yeah, as yeah. hard as possible. See, I never got the like him being angry about that. I got him just like, okay, cool. Not you're only done. anger. I think he's just resigned. He's like, oh, yeah. this is a little demon child. The good word. Yeah, yeah that's. I nice. I more thought that it was the mom had like bullied both of them into oh. this situation because the way he looks at her too, like <laughs> definitely yeah. had some of that in there. Yeah, he's just like, I'm here because I have to yeah you know i'm just doing my duty as the priest here and the next day we basically cut to her in class at malcolm mcdowell's class this is where i started to lose it with pauline is she was so antagonistic to everybody and don't get me wrong as an antagonistic teenager i get it but there was a level where i was like okay what do you expect from anybody at this point like you literally are like barb and just a barb and when she talks to malcolm mcdowell and i was just like okay look this is a little unnecessary. And that's where I started to lose it with Pauline. I, I felt like a disconnect. I mean, I, I think, get back into it, but yeah, I think you just don't like teenagers, Garrett. That's just what teenagers are. That, yeah. They're just little assholes. We all were little assholes and all current teenagers. Look, as a, are little as assholes. a intelligent, very, very sarcastic, smart ass teenager, I get it. But at the same time, like, from years of learning, I've also been like, it don't work out for you very well. <laughs> Can I say that if my name was Barbara, I'd have a shirt that said Barb and just a barb. <laughs> okay. Did I say that? <laughs> no. You were looking at me. I was like, did I say that? You did. Barb okay. and just the barb. See, uh, I like that scene because I thought it kind of started to show that she's not just a crazy teenager. She's like a little bit. Well, she thinks that she doesn't need math to be a surgeon. And you can tell that she's genuine she's not just being like a sarcastic jerk like she's like i don't need this i'm gonna be an amazing surgeon and i'm like ooh, yeah you don't understand <laughs> yeah how do you get she's got to be a senior right how do you get to be a senior and not know that math is probably an important part of being a doctor but that shows that her confidence though is like True. a delusion of grandeur more yeah. than that it's a real confidence because I, I think that. from the beginning you're supposed to be like hmm, is she like a sassy teenager but then you're like oh no she's got mental issues remember that phrase delusion of grandeur because at the end that's exactly what i wrote down that's exactly like yeah. the term Man, i use you were on the same page for yeah. this one which is never true <laughs> no, that's fine garrett took his cotillion classes last i'm week. glad He's you decided ready. to finally decide to be right for once congrats <laughs> no um so with the malcolm mcdowell scene we get the the whole math the the sass to you know him and then then we um i think there's another school scene where she is this where she goes and talks to adam or is that nuts no, later that's later this or, is where we get the next sex scene this is where she climbs on the headless body that's when she decides scene. she wants to have sex with him. Yeah. Which yeah. at first I was like, okay, we're going to operate on this body. And I was like, no, no, we're not. <laughs> well, he's I, mean, not. I guess we're going to operate <laughs> on it, but a different way. Well, he's not even completely headless. He's headless from the nose up. Okay. Right. So he's, he's like chopped yeah, that's off. That's great. Yeah. I thought it looked really good. And again, that blood against the turquoise is beautiful. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of the cinematography for these dream sequences are really cool. I agree. I, mean, I was very glad they basically later on said her age because I was seeing some of this and I was like, this chick's in high school. This is weird. I was like, come on, you guys. It's a little bit graphic. And then I was like, I'm 18. And I was like, thank you. I was feeling very awkward during some of these scenes. But because she gets on this dead corpse and it's just like it's grind time. Like there's no question. And like she's wearing like Lilu Dallas level outfits from Fifth Element. And I'm just like, hmm. But yeah, all her dream sequences are like strangely arousing. <laughs> strangely? No, they're just they're nonstop like, okay. Like and I get it. Like she is on board for this too. So why limit yourself? But man, she goes hard on those corpses. Why limit yourself? 
Well, I mean, you- find a corpse. Why limit yourself? <laughs> 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 Anyway, according to Texas state law, no. <laughs> I think this is where we get our first prayer, right? Yeah, let's let's mention those. We haven't talked about it, but they're they're really good shots of complete blackness with Pauline looking into the camera, and I couldn't even tell if you could see the silhouette of her body. Just more like her, her arms, her arms, yeah, and her right? face, and she's praying to God. And they're like such sassy prayers. I've been meaning to get something off my chest. I haven't read your book in its entirety. Just can't bring myself to invest that much time into a work of literature that's received so many mixed reviews. I'm an avid reader. There's just so much stuff out there. Okay, here goes. I'm planning on having premarital sex. I know you're not going to be 100% on board with it, which is why I was wondering if we could discuss your rules surrounding forgiveness. I'm under the impression if I ask you to forgive me, you kind of have to. Which is... It's pretty awesome. I'm just going to say. If I'm off base, let me know. Otherwise, I'm going to move forward as planned. Amen. Also, she's like, I could use some privacy because if it's true that all my relatives <laughs> are watching me all the time, and if I get into heaven, uh, that's really going to have damaged some relationships. Yeah, those are great. Yeah. I love those prayers. Also, the, the, the sweeping forgiveness for anything is really problematic. Yeah. People are going to abuse that. And they do. Yeah. So she clues right into that. Uh, and so then the next day she goes to Adam at like their football field. She's like, look. I want to lose my virginity to you. And Adam's like a football player, yeah. probably the team captain or what have well, you. Well, he's the boyfriend of the most popular girl mm-hmm. who... Natalie. Natalie, yeah. who, who also has a little bit of like weird beef with Pauline, just because like Pauline's weird and they're popular and there's that... Your natural friction there. The popular girl picking on the outcast. Yeah. Although she didn't really pick on the outcast, though. It was, she was sitting there. They were having a conversation about Adam's dick. And then, like, Adam walks up and then Pauline goes, like, they think you're gay and your dick's small. (laughs) And it's like, no. I love that she said that to him. (laughs) Oh, it was, it was a really funny scene. And that's, I think this is where a lot of the dark comedy stuff takes place is in the, the daytime Pauline interacting with her peers aspects. I don't know. I just, again, there's things about Pauline. I'm just like, why? Like, what the fuck are you trying to achieve here? And she just wants to stir the pot, man. She went from hell Mary to hell. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, a wait, is it hell Mary? Hail. Hail Mary. Hail Mary. <laughs> hail Mary. <laughs> so she's like, look, I'm clean. I've used all my allowance <laughs> for birth control. Well, uh, you're talking about when she propositions yes, Adam, right? She goes to Adam. She's like, I'm clean. Except she wasn't though. She says that, but she knows she's got herpes. But it probably wasn't uh, expressing itself. Yeah, but still, I mean, you know, you can still transfer it. I hadn't thought of that. You're mm. right. So, I mean, maybe it's ignorance. Are maybe you, she wasn't thinking of it, but it was just kind of funny. I was just like, but she calls like, no, that I, a sexually I, transmitted disease later. You have to show a cold sore to pass. Be susceptible. Yeah. Or, yeah, I don't think that's no, true. No, it's not true. You can still transfer it without. It's less likely. It's It max. It minimizes the mm. risk quite a bit, but. Let's ask Jeeves. Yeah, yes, please ask Jeeves. He probably knows a lot about herpes. <laughs> <laughs> Christ. <laughs> That's why we haven't seen him in a while. He's been crippled with herpes. Exactly. Anyway, no, it was it was just funny that she said that because I was just like, well, she knows she's got like, you know, I was like, that's interesting. Well, uh, to be the uh, but basically, she was like flat out. She's like, I'm not going to get you like STD and you can nut yeah. inside me. And yes. then gives him his number. And I thought we we're going to get like a carry situation here. I was expecting like you thought a, a play on her, a trick. I thought they were going to trick her. And I was like, oh, this is going to end poorly for her. I was like preemptively sad for her because he calls her later and she's like, 
we can fuck on Monday at noon. Come pick me up. I'll say we're at a study group. And then she just hangs up Again, on him. Again, her <laughs> confidence is so... I'm jealous. Yeah, I'm yeah. just jealous that she like at that age. Now, granted, it's all wrong, but she's got it figured out. And I'm like, God damn. So she gets a call from Adam and she is all business. She's like, all right, we can fuck on Monday. Come pick me up at noon. Teacher work day. Teacher work day. And he's like surprised he's gonna put, by it. Adam's going to be putting in the work. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's like, she's going to teach him a few things. Uh, hey, oh, I can keep this going for an entire 35 <laughs> seconds. Let's go. Now do something with work. <laughs> yeah. That's what Adam said, too. <laughs> <laughs> so he gets the call. Um, and yeah, he's like, we can't fuck on teacher work day. Um, but <laughs> it's a sacred day. Are you mad? <laughs> but she's like, yeah, that's when we're going to do it. Come get me at noon. I'm going to tell my mom we're in a study group. Click. Well, there is one scene before that where the do- uh, the sister's on her breathing apparatus. And Pauline's just like, I really want to have sex on my period. No, they're oh, outside. Yeah. Isn't it? They're outside playing with the chalk. No, that's... Oh, maybe that is. No, they're outside. They're outside and like they're playing, they're drawing with chalk on the, uh, the driveway, which never gets old, even as an adult. (laughs) Love that shit. Um, and then they're talking and then, yeah, that's when Pauline goes like, I want to lose my virginity on my period. And okay, fine. That's was there anything to that or like why? The blood. The blood. Oh, you're right. It yeah. ties makes into in her. her blood and sexuality. Yeah. I yeah. loved how her sister was just kind of like, yep, Pauline being weird again. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then they cut, they look across the street and there's some girl jumping rope. The Napoleon dynamite of the neighborhood. <laughs> you don't, you don't go out to the end of your driveway and just jump rope and stare across the street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not <laughs> since the incident, Mark. <laughs> right. Pauline tries to be like, hey, maybe we could jump rope together. And she's like, no, I'd be weird on my driveway alone. Okay. Well, she tries. Tries awkwardly yes. to make a friend, right? Yeah, but and it's you know so what, sad. And this, yeah. this brought me back to Pauline, though. After all the fucking attitude, I was like, "This is a girl who legitimately socially struggles." You mm-hmm. know, like, and uh, she's she's reaching out, and this is one of those vulnerable moments. Or is this all part of knowing the ending? Is this all part of her plan? No, no this no. is definitely this is later? her trying to make a okay. connection. I don't think that Pauline has enacted anything except for self-interest at this point. I yes. think it's like at the library when she changed with yes. this right. transition. That's okay. about with the. I, I saw okay. the switch flicking. But Poor like, Pauline. The girl's like, no, you're weird. And then like Gracie, the little girl stands up, like the younger brother in sleepaway camp. He's like, that's my sister, you <laughs> fuck. What the hell is your problem? Like, I don't remember. I'm going to come over there and shove that jump rope down your throat. <laughs> yeah, she's just like, my sister's being nice to you, you son of a bitch. And like, she's like the I mo- wish she was that animated. <laughs> yeah. like, she switches like the Hulk Hogan <laughs> mode, man. And then Gracie or Pauline, I don't know which one, is like, come on, let's go inside and like drags the other one inside. And I was like, that was a scene where I was like, holy shit, that escalated quick. You know, she just doesn't take no shit from nobody. She's like, come on, Pauline, we, can, we don't need this from well, a I appreciate this roper. scene because it really showed that the sisters did have a connection. Mm-hmm. They yes. did have a love for each other. And while the, the mother-daughter uh, relationship and even the father-daughter relationship was pretty strained, there was a deeper connection, which made me feel good that Pauline did have someone that she did care for on that level. Yeah, yeah. all the scenes with the sisters, it's so sad knowing the end because, yeah, they do really love each other mm-hmm. and they understand each other's problems like physically or mentally. And I think before she goes and meets with Adam, she gives herself a nose piercing as well. Oh, yeah. And her mother's like, you got something on your nose? And she's like, teehee, it's my nose piercing. Did it myself. Successful surgery. Yeah. <laughs> she did that really high, too. That was a really high yeah, nose piercing. Yeah, I also oh, was like, like, why is it ooh, so high? <laughs> you're getting up in a cartilage area, girl. Like, you're going to hit bone by accident. Maybe that's the show that, like, she's not as good as she thinks she is. She's really proud oh, of her interesting, nose ring. interesting. But, you know, it was high, but it actually looked pretty good. Yeah, it, it suited did her good. head. Yeah. It suited her yeah. face. But then she, gets, she does take it out. So she like she does listen to her dad's her parents. Request. Yeah. At her dad is like, hey, you 
you've really upset mm-hmm. your mom, you know, could you take that out? And she does. So when she does finally like, do the study group with Adam, she does go to her mom to like the do the study group <laughs> yeah. in quotes. Yes. Well, her mom thinks I think her mom no, knows what's her up. mom knows. Right. Yeah. OK, I have a no saying her mom knows. Her she's mom go, oh. knows it's a date. Yeah, I don't think she, and that she has like a crush on this boy. I do not okay. think her mom knows that she is going to go lose her virginity. I was say, for protective mom who wants everything to be her way, she's suddenly like, you're going to go bang it out for the first no. time? Have no. a blast. She her mom know. is excited that she is showing normal mm-hmm. teen interest, okay. that she and then he, that she meets him and he is a good looking, popular seeming. Yeah, I don't have kids, but I feel like kid. if like a young girl is all like, I'm going to meet with a boy for a couple hours. Don't worry about it. I'll be back. I'll be like, who are you fucking? I think all parents don't want to think that their kids are going to get tossed up in a motel room. Though it actually though, she does all the driving. Uh, yeah. That was a very realistic scene with how nervous the guy was. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, before we get to Adam's study group, there was one other dream that happened where she crawls over these bodies into a tub of blood. Yep. Oh yeah. And I was that just, shit was hot. I <laughs> was going to ask you as our resident tub bather, mm. What did you think of that? And would you get in a tub of I'll blood? Take a, I'll take a bath in blood. I mean, it sounds weird, but I wouldn't want it to be real people blood. But like, if it was like a bloody looking bathtub, that's pretty cool. Would you Especially add, with her. Would you, add a bath, would you add a bath bomb to that blood? Oh. <laughs> bloody bath bomb. No. Bloody bath bomb. No, because it's going to get all like white, fuzzy on, like bubbly on top. And it's going to look like, <laughs> nah, nah, we're good. Hot blood, cold blood. Oh, Hot always. Never take a cold bath. Never take a cold bath. Cold bath is the fucking worst. Also, I feel like cold blood would. That's what hell is for me. (laughs) Cold bathtub. Um, Cold blood would like gelatinize too. So you you know the way she coagulate. The way she crawled over the corpses and then like climbed into that bathtub and just kind of like like mellowed into it. I was just like, a, I fucking want to be in a hot bath right now. B, that shit's just hot in general. And then C, I was like, yeah, okay, I'll take a blood bath. Why not? (laughs) All right. (laughs) Bloodbath. Well, she goes and meets Adam at the hotel. So how does this go down? Well, she already knew that he was going to have a tiny dick because of what she overheard. So <laughs> oh, I didn't put that together, but yeah. <laughs> when he's like, I got the big kind. She's like, Poor I don't think we're going to need the big kind. Well, that's after an inspection, too. <laughs> yes. She's like, drop him. <laughs> uh, nope, sir. So you're not going to need says, those. He says, I stole these from my brother. It's so great. She goes, it appears you're too small for the big kind. <laughs> I know. And the thing is, is like, I wanted to basically be like, you're just fucking yourself in this situation. But I was like, she doesn't mean any harm by it. She's just being, Oh, she's being very clinical in her answers. Like a surgeon. Hey, like a surgeon. It does, well, she does say like, oh, it's okay, because then it won't hurt as much. And she kind of makes it up to him a little bit. Well, she <laughs> she dissed his manhood. You know, he's got to reel him back. He yeah. may walk out the door and then study group is over. He looks so hurt. Who else thought Adam was losing his dick in this scene? Like teeth style? Just like oh. cut off just in general. I thought well, like, this is it. My boy's getting it. She's going to Lorraine a bob at that boy. Or just I, in general, like definitely thought maybe his dick was in, in danger, yeah. but I also I thought know, like I he didn't. was in danger too. She was so intent on losing the virginity. Yeah. I don't think she was going to do anything that wild. But again, she was also very intent on the blood aspect of it. And I was like, mm, well, she had well, a plan she, for that's that. That's why she's going on her menstruation well, yes, period. Yes, she did. She gets her wish. She yeah. loses her virginity on her period. I love how it cuts between her fantasy and then what's actually yes. happening. And she's like choking him and there's a bloodbath everywhere. That was wild because like when they cut back it. and she's like on the bottom, it's kind of like, I'm here. And I was just like, okay, wait a minute. Like, is she actually enjoying this or not? I couldn't really tell if like she was getting what she wanted out of it. But I don't think she was until she tricked him into going down. That well, tricked hilarious. is not really fair. 
she just kind of tells him he does, but he overreacted about that. A little, uh, no, I'm sorry. Okay, let's get the debate going here. All right. Well, Should you at least tell someone that you're on your period before they yeah. go down on you? Yeah, I but think that's only he was courtesy. also an asshole. Like, oh, of course. I'm not saying she shouldn't have been like, hey, go down there, do what you got to do. By the way, eh, just heads up. I mean, I have some questions on how he didn't notice already anyway, because it wasn't right? the end of what seemed to be. Sean, what is it you say? He's a 15 year old boy losing his virginity or whatever the fucking age yeah, was. Okay. Like, they're not paying attention no, to anything. I understand why he went in there, but I don't understand how he wouldn't have been like. Well, oh, he wait. says you're wet. He goes, wow, you're oh, really yeah. wet. And I was yeah. like, bro, bro. <laughs> That's also, the inexperience. Yes. Okay, fair point. To, to your point, Joe John, how are you that oblivious to your surroundings? You've got a naked girl on top of you, like going for yes. it. Look, maybe, maybe, maybe. Put that picture into memory. Maybe take a quick visual snapshot of what's going on, you know? But yeah, he's just like, I'm going to stare at the ceiling and think of the queen. Maybe that's how he lasted so long. Because I was like, that doesn't seem so realistic. I thought they hit multiple times. <laughs> I was like, I was like, he, he's got to be uh, on his second was, or third. Yeah, I thought this sounds like. No, <laughs> then he would have noticed, though. Yeah. Also, oh, I don't yeah, think she was point. going through that activity more than once. You don't think so? No, not with him. Anyway, he comes out from under the from under the covers, and he's like gagging and sees himself in the mirror, face full of blood, and he's like, "What the hell, man?" And then it cuts to her just smirking and leaning on his car, and he's like, "Get off of my car!" I had a really so good ashamed. time, Adam. <laughs> yeah, he does way overreact. Now, to be fair, though, that is very inconsiderate to yeah, you know, but. It's I, probably realistic. I just thought it was oh, yeah. great revenge of the girls. <laughs> see, I didn't yeah. see it as a revenge thing. I thought it was more her just like, I'm going to get what I want. Oh, yeah. No, I just mean as a girl watching. It's like, uh, oh, yeah. Fuck that guy. <laughs> get it, Adam. Yeah. Take it, Adam. <laughs> but afterwards, she has one of her prayers again. And she's like, dear God, like probably where she says it's getting harder not to believe in you. Please don't let me be pregnant. Because if you do, I'm just going to abort it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and then we get the worst Planned Parenthood ad ever. A dream sequence where it's clinical. She's standing like a cheerleader in a really like fashionista like uh, doctor's gown, which looked great. The, the gown was awesome looking. And then she basically has got blood on her. And then she holds up. It was like an assistant, right? That's a, that's helping her in this scene. Is that right? Like, like a, a nurse, like, like, like yeah. Yeah, either, Igor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they just dangle the fetus from the umbilical cord, right? Yeah, she, and then she walks it, like a yo-yo, and walks <laughs> like a yo-yo, and then drops it in <laughs> Igor's hands, and he's like, ah, right away, and he puts it in a flesh oven. <laughs> flesh oven. Did you see the inside? I of the thought oven? it was a furnace. Well, I'm mean, sorry, a uh, furnace. Yeah. yeah, but like in the inside, it was like all fleshy and burned and stuff hmm. like that. Maytag's flesh oven. Yeah. <laughs> Go to the Sears. We got them on display. That's what Adam was dealing with a little while ago. Hey, no, um, so yeah, they, and then like this dude who looks like a painted up drag Igor, like is smiling and cackling at this like exploding fetus in the oven. And I was like, wow. And the whole time, like Pauline's like facing the camera, not breaking eye contact. She's just very proud of what's going down. It's a very weird dream sequence. I cannot believe that this scene has not been co-opt for the pro-life organization <laughs> be like, see what they're doing? This is what happens? They've got the Maytag flesh ovens and they're burning the fetuses. You know? What do you think? They would never watch this movie. Nobody let them know. I know, but someone <laughs> someone could have shown it and they just would have ran with it and had yeah. no idea the context. Well, what do you think's going on in these pastor-based uh, psychology sessions? <laughs> they just play this. They're like, is that yeah. what you want to be like? What you see wow. may be disturbing. Click. Yeah, this is actual footage from Planned Parenthood. <laughs> She's got this smile on her face after the dream. And I'm like, I mean, 
I get it. It was so over the top. It was kind of amusing. She does yeah. look. She's like, I think it's the first time she may be a little bit disturbed because she, when she wakes up, she lifts her covers and looks down. Oh, just to make uh, sure. Just to make sure that her That's uterus fair. did blow up or whatever. <laughs> like, her right, uterus didn't blow up. <laughs> yeah, it's still there. Okay. So the sister Grace uh, is informed about a death of a friend who also suffers from cystic fibrosis. Yeah, this scene where Gracie's friend died, I think, is actually the first shift where it stops being as much of a dark comedy and you start to get a hint that this actually is going to be a more tragic movie. Absolutely. I thought it was a commercial. The tone shifted so fast from everything we had seen from dark comedy to like, oh my God, this is tragic. Yes. I was at first I, I was you like, watched it with commercials. Yeah. I, at first <laughs> I'm I was sure like, it wasn't an actual commercial. <laughs> no, it wasn't. I mean, but the thing is, like, again, like, I knew it wasn't like visually, but like the way the tone just immediately, like, bam, I was like, oh my God. Like, I thought I missed something. I actually rewound it to make sure there wasn't a commercial that cut out a scene. When the Allstate guy walked on, it was very <laughs> confusing. <laughs> Is your fetuses in the right hands? <laughs> so Gracie's informed about her friend uh, passing and she gets very distraught. And then at the breakfast table, mother is like, listen, Pauline, be nice to your sister. She just lost her best friend. And that's where it really triggers. And Pauline is like, oh, I have now a new purpose. I've got a new determination. Well, she talks about the surgery. She's like, well, is Gracie going to have to go in for, and I don't remember the name of the surgery. And then the mom's like, well, that's a ways off. And she's like, well, maybe we should look at alternative methods such as blankety blank. And you're like, and the mom's like, you've really done your research on this. And that really hit home. Like I was just like, oh my God, like she is like. So Gracie's going to need a new pair of lungs. Is that what that is? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, again, I know nothing about cystic fibrosis. Right. Pretty serious. Um, so then back at school, we're back in the sex ed class. She's in class. And I just want to bring this one line up because I thought it was hilarious. Cause like, as the scene's getting going in the background, you hear this kid go, if you try to suck your own dick, does that mean you're gay? <laughs> <laughs> like who wrote this question? Yeah. The right. coach is reading the, the, the anonymous question box, Yeah, which they've yeah. got to stop doing in classes. I mean, that thing never works out for the teachers the way they hope. But it's the only way that a lot of people are going <laughs> to ask a question. I mean, of course there's going to be a lot of jokes and stuff, I but like, what if there yeah. is some Someone actually wondering some of these. Then what things. should happen is the teacher should pre-read before yeah. he reads yeah. out loud. That. <laughs> yeah, okay. This guy didn't really seem like he wanted to be doing this anyway, though. So. This, guy wasn't a, this guy wasn't a pre-reader. <laughs> no. no. Regardless, it made for a pretty like, funny moment. Fuck it, we're doing it live. During the sex ed scene, she oh, cuts yeah. her finger and puts her blood under the microscope to see if she has any STDs. And this is in front of Natalie, and Natalie's like, "You're a fucking weirdo. What the hell?" She's like, "You're not gonna be able to tell anyway." And she's like, "I just gotta check." And then Which we cut also to, goes into her like showing that she's not all there. Yeah. yeah, like yeah, exactly. Because it's like mm, it's funny, but then you're like, she really believes she's going to well, see something. At first, in I her thought blood. she was just trying to get to Natalie, but then like she was literally looking at yeah. it and like kind of examining. I was like, oh, she legit is checking for shit. And I was like, oh, this poor delusional girl. This is like my first sign. I'm like, oh, she's taking this more seriously than I thought she was. Because then later's the bird, right? That's after this. That's mm-hmm. a little okay. bit later. Yeah, yeah. I was like mm, something's not right here. But so now after that scene, we cut to the bleachers, which is a, a, a reoccurring uh, set piece. And Adam, Natalie, a couple of the cool kids are sitting on the bleachers having a conversation. And do you guys know what Adam says at this point that everyone is intently listening to? He goes, that Brachiosaurus thing is weird, right? I don't know. <laughs> and, then that's when, and that's when um, Pauline walks up and goes, hey, Adam. And he goes, oh, hi. And like, but I was like. I paused it, rewound it twice, and I was like, did I miss this conversation? And where is my fucking backstory or scene with this? I, I want to know what the Brachiosaurus <laughs> thing is. I do too now. Yeah. I, but he says, that Brachiosaurus thing is weird, right? I don't know. <laughs> 
oh hi Adam and it was just like it was Tommy was so level like writing I was like go on I want the rest of the movie to be this conversation if it was Brechtian set with just that bleacher and these people just having these conversations I'd watch that film but she comes up and then she starts she asked Natalie right do you have an STD and I was like what uh no and she's like oh good neither do I yeah (laughs) and then he goes what was that about and I was like I don't know stop acting so shocked the moment something like that happens you know it's like god you just gave yourself away bro yeah play cool yeah she's weird Anyway, Brachiosaurus, am I right? <laughs> yeah. Right, she's so weird, he totally could have gotten away with yeah, it. Yeah. Absolutely, just blew it off like, oh, being weird again. Also, I'm sorry, Natalie is gorgeous, too. Why fuck Pauline if you're dating Natalie? Because he could, and yeah. I mean, I more pussy, and and she thinks he has a tiny dick and makes fun of him behind maybe, his back. She, okay, he well, he doesn't know that. He doesn't know that. Maybe she, but, maybe she told him. Maybe she doesn't do Maybe <laughs> yeah. it's a real Tracy Lord situation. But. Maybe the Brachiosaurus is a grower, not a shower, and that <laughs> is what Adam was talking what about. What if a Brachiosaurus legitimately had a small neck until it needed to eat, and then it went all along? <laughs> 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 the best animal that ever existed. <laughs> it's cold outside, guys. I'm hungry. <laughs> so every scene with Adam is in defense of his dick. Okay. That's all you got to know. All right. Uh, defense I mean, dick this week on the UPN. If she's that shitty behind his back, you know she's okay, a maybe, shitty maybe. in his face. I just, I don't get it. It's like, dude. Also, I, I mean, I think he nailed it just because he could, right? Yeah, He's yeah, like, probably. oh, this is an opportunity. So. Adam, you piece of shit. Jocks, man. Am I right? <laughs> sure. <laughs> so now we cut to, what's the next scene after Well, she that? prays to God. Okay. Again. And she for asks, someone who doesn't believe in God, right? But she slowly, a lot of time for with whatever man. reason, is starting to believe more and more and more as mm-hmm. we progress. Is she believing more and more? Yeah, or she, she says, being, "I'm yeah. believing more and more." Okay, I missed that <laughs> line. So she's asking God to give her everything in her power to cure her sister. Okay, and that's important for the end of the scene. And she also asks God to kill her mother before the cotillion, which we briefly mentioned. <laughs> but her mother is forcing her to do at the age of eighteen. And this is something that like all the 13 and 14 year olds yeah. are doing. So she's going to be the oldest one at the dance. Like Gracie's age should be doing right. it. She's literally there. Gracie's <laughs> yeah. there. Oh, that's right. Making yeah. out with that dude. <laughs> right. <laughs> so the first time I watched it, I thought she was just kind of being teenage angsty and kill my mom. But then actually when I rewatched it, I think that this goes along with her not 100% understanding death and foreshadowing that. Yeah. That's a good okay. call out. She's like, it doesn't have to be anything painful. You know, I imagine it'll be quick. But she also like, does mm. seem to have an understanding of death because she's very concerned about Gracie's condition and knows the mortality aspect of that. But she thinks she can bring the bird back to life. Yeah. Wait, is that why she did that with the bird? Uh, oh, I thought, I thought was she was just like, yeah, I thought she, she was just practicing. She says to him, it's, like, you're too far gone well, or whatever. But before that, she says, like, I'm going to, you're going to thank me later or something uh, like she thinks so it shows that she thinks she has surgical powers i thought when she said that line i thought she was referring to her sister yes i didn't i didn't necessarily think that that line you'll thank me later for saving you is that was it directed at the bird but i like that angle that i think that that's why it would make sense that she's able to do what she does later because she doesn't have a firm understanding on how things work like how do bodies actually work and when we get to the end her just like look what i've done it adds to that look at me now yeah, pretty much. Like, and yeah. she, she, you're right, John. She ends the prayer with, and you'll probably blame it on the devil anyway. So just go ahead and kill my mom. Yeah, get like, it over with. I like that. Because uh, the, the way she talks to God. Yes, it's yeah. so good. And then the, the girl who jumps rope comes over to the house and she's trying to get a donation for something. And the yeah. mother's rope group. Right. And the mother goes <laughs> off. That thing? Yeah, that's yeah. a group. Jump okay. ropers are us. It's a whole. 
Yeah, the JRGs, <laughs> the jump rope groupies. Yeah. Um, the mom goes off to get some money, and Pauline comes down. And is like, if you come over here again, I'm gonna jam that jump rope through your trachea. And I was like, God damn! I'll give you a tracheotomy with the dull end of your jump rope. And I was like, Okay, that, that is, is a full threat. threat. Yeah. yeah. Was I the only one that was like, What's the sharp end of a jump rope? That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good point. I don't know. I did start thinking about different ways you could like kill someone with a jump rope. At that point, and I was just like. There's a lot of ways you can kill someone with a jump rope. And then Natalie confronts Pauline at school and is like, you can have Adam. I dumped him. And, but she's like, says something like, why is you, cause your vagina is as dry as an ax wound. <laughs> it looks like a festering ax wound. And I was like, that is a dope insult. Yeah. Yeah. But, but she's clearly moved on. She got what she wanted out of poor Adam and yeah. his small dick. Yeah. Well, so she exactly says like, yeah, I broke up with Adam. He's all yours or whatever. And she says that he eats pussy like a dog drinks water. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's very quippy. She's got yeah. very same good time though. You didn't give him the best conditions to work with my dude. <laughs> Stop defending Adam. I'm not defending Adam. I'm just saying she is partially to blame with some of the experience she put herself in. True. <laughs> yeah. Natalie insults her too, right? She's like, look, you pretty much she's like, you look like a boy. Maybe you should focus on growing some boobs. That's what men like. She says, spend more time eating estrogen pills. What does that yeah. mean? Uh, that was so weird because she was like, instead of buying birth control, <laughs> you should buy estrogen pills and I'm like, that's what birth control is. Like, yeah, duh, stupid Natalie. Yeah, but like, what is that? What was the insult? <laughs> there? Well, I, she, I actually have a question. She's trying to like, say that she's not feminine. feminine. Yeah, yeah, that she looks she like needs boyish. like hormonal treatment to look more like a Wait, woman. Testosterone Pauline? is for guys. Estrogen is for women. No, I yeah, no, Nat- I got that. <laughs> Natalie, thanks, Doctor Sanjay Gupta. Men are from Mars. <laughs> ladies are from Venus. But like, what would estrogen pills do for her? She already looks like a woman. Well, right, but that's the not insult. enough. I, I mean, oh. I agree. That's one of those movie things. I didn't where know that was like, a boob reference or if it was something. I mean, it would make your boobs grow. It would yeah. make you your hips kind of wider and oh, okay. like all that. And it helps clear up your skin. And she has, you know, acne problems. He's taking notes. <laughs> Estrogen pills near me. <laughs> Ladies are from Venus. Yeah. Uh, I think Natalie's insults affected her more than she let on. Yes. So she goes home and like, what happens at that point? So she is like marking off her stomach with lipstick, like as if she's preparing for surgery. And her sister comes in and is like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm going to do a navel surgery. And a bellyectomy. <laughs> and her sister's like, you know, that's not what boys like. They like the, so she points at her boobs and she's like, but I don't care. Basically, I forget exactly what she says. Long story short, I want to reshape my navel and allowance won't cover. What do you think? Boys don't care about belly buttons. They care about these. My world does not revolve around boys like yours does, Grace. I'm doing this for myself. I think the cotillion parts co- coming up, right? Okay, oh, no, she goes to school and does the ipecac, right? Oh yeah, yeah. She right goes to school and makes herself yeah. throw up on Natalie to try to get out of the, the cotillion. That was the best. <laughs> <laughs> and then she goes and they they send her home and the mom's all like, "Well, your temperature's fine," but then the school told me to check and see if there was any medicine missing or something. No, like no she, she knew. That. She yeah. was first. She was oh, testing her. Okay. She's like, you know, she was kind of being sweet about it, almost like, "Well, you don't have a temperature, you know." And then she's like, you know, I looked in the medicine cabinet and the ipecac is gone. Yeah, and then Pauline's just like, "Yep, I was just trying to get out of Cotillion." Well, she's like, it's like, great detective work, mom." And I was just like, "You know, it was pretty good detective work." Honestly. I agree. I it was wasn't like- difficult, but way to go for following the clues. The dialogue and the way these actresses play it out because she's like, 
okay, look, I took a shot, tried to get out of this thing, didn't work. And mom's like, yeah, you know, you gave it your best. And here we go. Let's go to Cotillion now. And everyone's just kind of like resigned to like, yeah, we did our parts. Uh, okay, I guess we're doing this. Uh, they've probably been playing this cat and mouse game exactly. for a long time. Think it felt very familiar. Yeah. Like, like, okay, this, this. All right. Okay. Uh, so you're saying this isn't the first time she's taken drugs to school to try to get out of something? Uh, maybe this specific sequence of events. Not the first time she's events. tried to go yes. toe-to-toe with her mom and out with I'm, her plans. I mean, you got to wonder, why hasn't she gone to a Cotillion until she's 18, right? Mm, I think I want us to see more of those scenes then, because we also get that the the flashback now of the dad giving her mouth to mouth resuscitation and transferred the cold sore to his daughter. Yes, yeah. which now will take place in the cotillion. Well, one thing that I loved about the cotillion scene is that the mom picked out a dress for Pauline that is almost identical to the dress she's wearing, which goes to show just how much she wants her to be like her. And I thought that was kind of almost sad when you think about it. And they're standing at that um, Mm. fountain, the The punch punch fountain. (laughs) She goes, I apologize. I didn't take into account the age difference because Pauline's 18 and all the boys there are 13. It's so funny. (laughs) The mom finally is like owning up like, okay, maybe you were right (laughs) that you're too old for Cotillia. Because the mom is trying to rectify her past. Like she's trying to fix the things that are broken with her. She's forcing those those mistake fixes onto Pauline. And And then Pauline just takes the punch and pours it right back (laughs) into the bowl and walks away. She's not having any of the fix, mom. I want it. Then she goes and sits next to a little girl. And it seems like she's going to be so nice to her at first because she's like, oh, look at all these gross people. And they think that all this makeup and everything's great. But then she takes (laughs) off her glasses and you think it's going to be like, oh, you're beautiful without them. But she's like, have you thought about having any work done? (laughs) (laughs) Every child thinks about getting work done. Pauline saw a young girl by herself looking like an outcast. She saw her future self. Right. She was like, you're just like me. Last summer self, if you will. Yeah. You know? But then, yeah, it turns out that she's too weird for the outcast girl, too. Yeah. <laughs> so insulting to that poor what girl. What does the boy that was say? So mean. Yeah. What does the boy say later? Because a boy asked Pauline to dance. Oh, she's, a 13 year old boy or some shit like that. Well, right after this, one of the boys comes up and is like, hey, you want to dance? She's a real like, young Adam, if you will. Right. And she's like, okay. <laughs> and they start dancing. And, and I don't know what the boy says to her, but she immediately gives him the kiss to trans. Said, What's up with your lip? Yeah. yeah. And she goes, it's herpes. It's and a cold he goes, sore. oh, that's gross. <laughs> <laughs> Which, again, when you're a kid, I mean, that's a, that's a normal response you hear from very kids. very realistic. Holy shit. Yeah. And she's just like. Hmm, okay. And then just plants one. Gross am I. Well, guess what? Now you have it. Yeah. And transfers it to him. And he's like sitting there screaming and everybody. He's like, like, I thought she was a retard. So I asked her to dance. That's what it was. And I was just like, whoa, out the gate. What an asshole. He deserved that herpes. Yeah. (laughs) But okay. But like the R word aside, like what indication did Pauline give any of them that that was not the case? She's an 18 year old girl at this young kid event. That's why. She's an 18-year-old girl at this child's cotillion (laughs) thing. She might be slow. Mom, you put her in this situation to be even more socially awkward. And the mom's like, I'm going to take my girls. Oh, no, no. Then we cut to Gracie, who's making making out with with a guy. (laughs) And she's like, I'm vulnerable right now. And I was like, holy shit, Gracie. That was great. It's like, you're going to end up married in Vegas at the age of 15. And that's just showing everything blowing up in the mom's face. For all her best laid plans. She's almost helping create this kind of, you know. Yeah, this was supposed to be the big perfect night of them at Cotillion and it's just <laughs> imploded. Pauline, how could you? It's pretty self-explanatory, mother. 
I fell victim to its charm. So what happens at this point, everybody, there's a slice of life scene that happens with the sad song playing. Every head under this household is like kind of being sad and miserable at this and point. And this is where we see the mom basically say like, I can't love her or something like that. Well, not that even there yet. later. Yeah. Right? Oh, this is just shit. like a musical montage of like, here's everybody being okay. sad. Okay. And the next scene is cut to everybody hurts. basically one of those. Right. So, uh, the next day the mom drops Pauline off at school and she skips school and goes to the library where mm-hmm. she's studying these surgical books, these anatomy books books and you can see that now she's really dialed into something she's she's now just going to take control of some situation that she believes that she can rectify and on the way home she comes across a bird that is clearly dead and she takes two pieces of paper and scoops it up and puts it in her backpack and lo and behold old jump rope gal is standing right there like what the fuck you doing (laughs) you know because as you should yeah what the fuck you doing (laughs) he's so weird And she just gives her a look and then storms off. And then she's upstairs, takes the bird out of the backpack, and she lays her books down and gets her utensils all laid out and starts doing surgery. And as Emma said, says a line to the effect of, you'll thank me later for saving you. You know what bothered me, though? She uses that paper to scoop up the dead bird, and then she fucking eats that bird. And I'm just like, why did you just pick it up with your hands, girl? She's not even using gloves when she's doing the surgery. It's just one of those things where it was just like... The the effort in some areas and not the other is always just kind of <laughs> right. like, huh, okay. So what part of the bird does she eat? The innards. I thought she was just like drinking the blood. Yeah, she definitely licks the blood off of her hand. I think she hand. eats the bird. She licks the blood because she sews the bird back up and then licks. She does flush she's some of it. That's what's like clogging the toilet. and stuff like that. And she says she's full. You're not getting full off blood. I don't remember the full. I part. thought she oh, ate like the inside. Did say that at dinner because when she dumps cool. out the remains, oh. there's only just a few pieces of it left. It's only like outside huh. bird. It's not like. Outside pieces of bird. Like, I think she ate that fucking bird. Light or dark? Outside or inside? (laughs) What part of the bird you want? She's dumping the parts away. There's very few parts left, you know? There's like some feet and some pieces. Well, maybe she ate the bird. I didn't get that. Yeah, because later on, she's she's like, I'm not hungry. And I'm just like, she's like, I'm full. And I'm like, well, Hold she, up. Well, they also cut to her listerining her mouth like she didn't yes. like what she did. No, oh, yeah, like who she was like, that I gotta out of cover this up. I took it as I gotta cover oh, this up. covering oh. the tracks. I thought she was covering her tracks, yeah. too. Okay. Yeah. That's and so she, she knows flushes you know, part of the bird. Yeah, she, yeah. yeah. Well, her mom tries to come in, like, right when she's <laughs> doing the surgery on the bird. Yes. Well, she's looking at her, yeah, she's looking at her bloody hands, and I was like, what are you doing? She's like, nothing! And I was just like, <laughs> yeah, that's the right response. You're licking dead bird blood off your, uh, diseased dead bird blood off your hands. Right. Well, she gets in trouble for skipping school, and the mother slaps her in the face for it. Yeah. And then at the dinner that Overreaction. night, reaction. she throws the, the dinner into her mother's face and then storms off. That hand was pre-cut in, like, slices. Like strips. Oh yeah, that was so funny. With I the was little, like, "What like, the fuck? Who pre-cut pineapple ham? on it? Pineapple <laughs> slice on it? Uh, was it supposed to be a nipple, like a cherry nipple no, in the no. middle?" You know, I thought it looked like that too. <laughs> it definitely did look very breast-like. Like, but is, is her mother sending her some sort of derogatory message at dinner? Like, well, that's why he threw was it. Cut the same way though. So, oh, mom, don't cut people's ham. <laughs> I think her mom. We're all adults saw here. Housekeeping and was like, "That's fancy." Oh, the Southern Living <laughs> <laughs> magazine. Yeah, you know. Make sure to strip your ham when serving. Cut your hands I do think strip. she was trying to make it fancy yeah. in a very sad way. Plus that mom's heart for being a terrible person, but trying her best. Yeah, she really is trying her best because the movie, like if you if you just watch it without analyzing it too much, like she seems like such a bad person, but really she's not. She's just very misguided, misguided and, and her values are in the wrong place. Like she's very much like, you know, keeping up appearance 
appearances versus actually fixing the things that are wrong. Perception's a big part of these horror movies like this too. Perception is so important to some generational people. Um, no matter what's happening on the in- inside, you do not let anybody see the issues that they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Um, which I hate that. It's so damaging. I think that that's yeah. what the you movie tells us. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta communicate. <laughs> Keep that shit bottled up. That shit blows up. Right. Yeah. That's well, why I tell everyone all my problems all the time. <laughs> that's all I talk about. So. On your sleeve. Every problem. <laughs> yeah. I'm John Johnny Sleeve. Yeah. That's what they call me. That I'm is. Johnny Sleeve. <laughs> that's what they call me. Hey-o. Yeah. Mark knows that's one of my problems. <laughs> Terrible yeah. nickname. I can't come up with good nicknames for myself. <laughs> Well, after the food is thrown in the mother's face, this is where she's just distraught talking to the husband. And we get that scene where she's like, I can't love her. She's impossible to love. And Pauline starts breaking down, uh, crying herself. She also goes into her sister's room and starts trying on her ventilator mask. And it's all sticky. That was already gotten the news. So before she goes down to dinner, she actually puts on her sister's mask and it's sticky, which I don't understand what was the what was that about? I don't know why it was sticky. It was gooey because she had just used a Listerine and I was like, did she like burp blood? Something I didn't know what it was, but it was sticky. The next night is like, you know, like, hey, she's got to have a lung thing that Pauline overhears. And she then, gets a phone call and it's just really fast. Yeah. Like yeah. at the door, she's like, hello. And then she's talking to the dad about how and she's, she's drinking her Chardonnay outside. She needs which a lung a, implant. And Pauline and hears it yeah. from above. And that's the night that the girls, Natalie and whatever, like go to her house and misspell the word cunt. That's on her. so funny that they cross it out. Yeah. <laughs> I laughed so hard. Like they vandalized Pauline's house with like pink spray paint. Yeah, like they hot a, pink spray paint. They drew a dick and they wrote the word cunt and slut on it. But they misspelled cunt with a K and it was just like. And they're arguing about it outside. Yeah, yeah. But it starts it. with a C. No, it sounds the same. <laughs> too dumb to know how it's spelled anyway. And I was just like, you don't get to throw stones right now, Madam. You're in a glass house. <laughs> you know? And then, yeah, so the next day, Pauline goes to school and just slams Natalie's head straight into the lockers. I and I was like, dang. That oh, was dang. so cool. <laughs> it was shot so well, but the, like, when she, like, goes to push them, it's so, like, slow motion push, and there's not enough, like, force behind some of these pushes. So it's like, she's yeah. like, ugh. And I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm just like. Well, but you were like, hell yeah, Pauline. That's yeah. what they get. Oh, yeah, like, no, she goes hard. And then she gets expelled. Right. Yep. Oh, I, that's, I got this wrong. Um, they have the breakdown scene where the mom's like, I can't love her. That's the night that the fucking vandalism happens because then she gets expelled from school. And then it's like the next night or two, that's when they have the conversation, the phone conversation about the daughter. Because this is where because when she gets expelled, that's where it kind of switches. Like, yeah, I, feel like it, that's yeah, the I agree. That's when Pauline. it gets really the movie itself just shifts to complete like more dark than it is. Because our whole world, there is are still switched. some funny yeah. parts, but it's like much less funny. Like yeah. the last really funny part is that whole cunt misspelling thing, and then it's it's much darker. Because she says like I missed I missed breakfast with the family, and she's like we can I can get you up in time, and she's like never mind. <laughs> and then she's like what are you gonna do Relatable. today? And she's like blah blah, and like. Honestly, like Pauline's confidence and like her world that she's worked to like control is now like just kind of chaotic and out of her hands. And I feel like that's where the real switch of like she feels lost. But I don't she feels directionless. It wasn't the ex- necessarily the expulsion, right? Because no, no, she no. does go to dinner the next day and she's like, that's all right. I could just take my GED and I could still be a surgeon. And then both her mom and dad are like, dude, you're delusional. Yeah. Like that's yes. not going to happen. No, again, so I uh, think I think that with the, the, the expulsion and not having breakfast, her whole world is basically now kind of like it's she's she's at sea without a sail. You know, she had these ideas. She was going through the motions. And then, then like she kind of feels like lost. And she's like, 
aimless. So when she gets that news and she has that dinner, she's like, this is what I'm going to do. Like she's now taking control again. But now this is where the very delusional direction kind of takes hold and takes root. It's also when she is like, I can make myself lovable. Like she sees a way to redeem herself because she's been kicked out of school. She is just a fuck up. She feels that from her family. Like when they do just yell at her, like you're delusional. She knows like nobody believes in me. And then she's like, oh, I see it. I see the way that I can fix everything and everyone will love me and it will be just like I want it. And that's actually why the reason I bought this movie after it ended is because when we started to get to this point, I was like, oh, this is a really deep character study. Like it doesn't really hit hard, but like they've been laying the groundwork for it. But when she gets lost and kind of refines her way, I was like, holy shit. Like she's like American Psycho level interesting now. Oh, yeah. When I first saw this movie, this shift at this point was, yeah, when I was like, oh, my God, this movie yeah. just got a thousand times better because it was already great. But at that point, you're like, whoa, what is happening? <laughs> yeah. Well, the parents agree to take her to a real psychiatrist at this point, And she Finally. starts to. <laughs> yeah. And in her own twisted way, she's like mother, father, I'm going to be someone you want to be proud of. You know, she yeah. starts telling them things like this as she gets further and further into this surgical. And her mom isn't buying it, but her dad's like, good. Sometimes you have to hit rock bottom to turn your life around. And her mom's like, I believe Bob, it when I man, see it. That dude just, he's hanging in there. I get it, man. You want to have like be optimistic and hopeful for your yeah. kids, right? But not the mom. She's like, what your father means is we don't believe you at all. <laughs> right. But what's extra sad is that her mom finally is willing to give up that veneer of perfection and take her to a psychiatrist because yeah. she realizes, oh, you need help, but it's like, it's too late. So close. Oh yeah, Pauline should have been on a list a long time ago. Oh yeah. Like, she should have been on a watch list way earlier than this. Right. So then Freaking she- church. Freaking shit, dude. That's, that's my, the moral. <laughs> Her mom does say, look, we, we're not made out of money. So this is why you have to go to Pastor John over there because uh, we can't afford a psychologist. Yeah, most of that she's not in like network, any networks yeah. for like insurance. I, anyway, Which I'm not is also that interesting aspect, though, because they live in a very like, like Super bougie place, yeah. but they also are dealing with her sister's medical expenses. Mm -hmm. So there could be like a strain on their finances right. already because of that. Definitely. And what do they do? We never find out what the parents do. Yeah, we don't so. get to know what they do yeah. for a living. I don't think the mom works. It seems like she's always at home. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, go get a job. <laughs> so made millionaires. I'm what a stay-at-home mom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but you're not telling your kid, I can't take you to a psychologist because we're broke. <laughs> Hopefully your kid doesn't need a psychologist yet. Yeah, but also yeah. that. Okay. She's not even two. <laughs> Being a stay-at-home mom is perfectly, like, it is a lot of work to raise a child. I just put my foot right in my mouth. <laughs> Moving on. Well, the mother announces she's going to be gone for a couple of days and they're going to have a babysitter for him. Well, for one night, she's get, her and her dad are going to go, or sorry, her and her dad, they're going to go to the city for dinner. But then when she can't, she drops her husband like a fucking bad <laughs> habit. <laughs> yeah. So who was the jump rupper originally going to be the Someone two babysitter. years babysitter? No, it's no. someone else. We someone else. Someone else. Someone else? Yeah. I thought it was the babysitter. No, it's someone else because she's like, oh, you know, whatever. Joe is only two years older than me. You're going to have her watch us. Okay. Yeah. It, but when the babysitter falls through, the mother still goes to dinner alone? Yeah. She's like, your dad's going to stay here. I'm going to the I city. I mean, that's kind of in character for her. Good point. But she, And you know what? She is going through a lot. Not to defend her. Those reservations her. are hard to get, too, guys. No, but I mean, one of her daughters is dying. One of them, she had to finally face the music that she you know, has mental issues. Like... 
She You're right. has marital problems that are her own fault. She needs a sandwich. Like, Let she she kind of needs a break. Like. Bob's going through all that too, though. Ooh, there should have been a scene where she's just at the subway eating that cold cuts alone. Oh my God, that would have fit in the movie <laughs> so well. <laughs> Not as bad as that part where we, we see Bob eating ice cream out of the tub. On oh the my hall. God, he's like, it's the weekend. <laughs> he's like, I'm not going to make you healthy meals if you're just going to like fatten up on the weekend. And he's like, or like fatten up eating ice cream. He's like, it's the weekend. There's ice cream running down his face. What kind of monster eats out of the tub, put your shit in a bowl, and That's go true. sit down. Hey, you know what? Crazy. I'm the only one in the house that eats sherbet. I don't need a bowl. But it gets so melted by the time yeah. you're like, I can't eat this whole tub in one oh, go. Like, you're like halfway through, it's melted. You go... I get like the pint in the course. I don't do the big gallon, half gallon. Well, things. my man's got a big gallon. Yeah, I think Bob is going to eat that in one sitting. You though. think so? Yeah, I think you know so. what? That's how he copes. Yeah, <laughs> dude, I, I get Bob. I feel for Bob, man. Let him have his ice cream. Yeah. No, hey, look, I'm all about. I got ice cream downstairs. I am Bob. Yeah. But, right. Yeah. We're so, all Bob. Yeah, we're all Bob. <laughs> we're all Bob. <laughs> Hi, Bob. Bob. So, so the mom goes out for the evening, and Pauline, Gracie, and the dad are at home. Dad's downstairs watching TV, as one does. And Pauline makes some tea. And she's like, Dad, I should have been making you tea this whole time. What is she putting in it? Because it's in a glass vial with a cork stopper. Yeah, it's some kind of white powder. And I'm like, yo, what the fuck is this? A, who stores their medicine like this? B, what is that? I think she ground it up and put yeah. it in there herself, like that she had been planning this. Okay, so she had like an old-timey like vial with a stopper. I weirdly have some of those. That, that <laughs> seems <right>. totally in <laughs> right. Speaking of watch Actually, lists. We know, we know where she got that from because she bought that old timey dissection kit. That's true. Yeah. That's oh, true. Yeah. So that's mm. where she got the vial. I, I bet, I think she's right. I think Emma's right. It's just like ground up, you know, Xanax yeah. or something. Yeah, Whatever it was. Something to make him sleep. She played it off so well when he's like, why did you make tea? Like, because she was still kind of being an asshole. Like, you're not getting any younger. It's like, I learned about <laughs> antioxidants. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, she's like, you should have been drinking this a long time ago. You're going to die, Dad. And I was like, God damn, Bob. I'm yeah. so <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He took it what so well. What do you need? <laughs> Bob needs a Subway sandwich himself. <laughs> yeah. It's like, now drink your tea fatty like damn man so, so mean she goes upstairs to not crazy. first she oh, goes first outside she, first. Yeah. oh yeah first she goes outside and she chloroforms the shit out of like she's like i have some old <laughs> jump ropes and i could not believe that worked like yes. i was like really you're gonna go over to this you're in a jump rope club. you don't need someone's <laughs> jump rope hand me down you can see the wheels kind of turning in her head though like do i want old jump ropes yeah, i mean jump I, rope girl kind of had it come and fall yeah, for that, honestly. That was, <laughs> i was hoping jump girl's like this is a preston 295 i don't need your <laughs> yes. like, yo that's rad jump rope but yeah. um, <laughs> the thread count on this jump rope. <laughs> let me get you in here you're gonna this is the pro rope okay <laughs> she just wink at me <laughs> <laughs> that's what you do when you trick people you wink when yeah, you do it. Yeah, everybody knows I that. Just, like, you're so into character, you're like, winked at me like, yeah, you get it? And I was like, no, I got it. You don't have to wink at me, bro. <laughs> you get the joke? So yeah, and then she just like ether rags her. Yeah. Like right just, there. Bam. Chloroforms the shit out of her. And I appreciated this movie actually did chloroform correctly. I did too. It I about, was so about impressed. 35 to 40 seconds before people actually pass out with that shit. And like, she's struggling. And she takes them by such surprise that yeah. they mm-hmm. would actually One, work. Like, not like where they're able to <laughs> fight away. <laughs> <laughs> Evidently, me and Emma are going to be on watch yeah. this episode. Uh, I need to report somebody. Help. Yeah. But then she goes upstairs and then she starts playing with her sister's hair and is like, I'm so sorry. Forgive me for what I'm about to do. Her sister must be so used to her saying weird shit. Yeah, that's she doesn't, doesn't even bat an eye. Stop. Doesn't bat an eye. Oh, She's that, like, you won't understand what I'm doing, but. That scene is the saddest, yeah. though. 
because she really loves her sister. She does. She thinks she's going to save her. And again, at this point, I totally knew what was going to happen. So this was not like shocking for me. I'm just like, all right, this is yeah, going well, by down. By this point, I was like, this oh, is, yeah, I think I You're get. like dreading it. You're like hoping something When she happens. got the news, yeah. when like, like it was basically like earlier, like, um, like when she finds the dead bird, I was like, oh God. But you thought she was going to put like a bird lung in there? <laughs> <laughs> she puts, oh, she she puts Gracie's a, brain in a bird. She takes a lung out and puts a bird in. Oh. A whole bird. Yeah. In and out of the bird. <laughs> the wings will give you. <laughs> <laughs> As it flutters, yeah. sewing it shut. <sighs> oh, but, but that my whole heart scene flutters. whenever the mom gets home is like so intense and you find out that Bob's been tied up. <laughs> she yells at him. That's the best. Like, oh, she he's trying to get up. He's like, he's like, you want to come untie me? Like, he's trying to like get up and she's, she's just so like, so mad nope. at him for being tied up. He's like, Bob, what happened? <laughs> Where's Gracie? And it's like, he obviously don't know. Yeah. What did you do? But is this ice cream related? Of course you got bamboozled, Bob. It's you. <laughs> it's you, Bob. So the scene of surgery that occurs is inside of their garage. She's got two tables set up and she shaved her head completely mm-hmm. for sanitary reasons. Yeah. And you don't want hair getting in the wounds. Right. That and is totally what her thinking is. Yeah. And yeah. she really did shave her head for real. I was looking at that. Which is awesome. A real shaved head. Cause you can see like some of the bumps and stuff. Yeah. And I looked it up and that was one of the few pieces of trivia that was like there. And does she have like an actual lab coat on? A makeshift kind of lab right. coat. But she's using like steak knives. Oh, the, the cutlery assortment that she had there. I was just like, I got to give it to her. She's got one for every type of cut almost. But <sighs> like she put some thought into it. Oh, I see. That made me like cringe so hard that she was. She really thinks she's doing legit surgery with That's these the knives. Like, she put like, thought into each right. tool. She's got like tongs and she's got <laughs> yeah. like different types of knives, like a fruit knife and then a steak knife. And I'm like, these are all different kind of cutting devices. Like she's put some fucking thought. And again, it just goes into that, that depth that she's fully gone down into. Right. The psychosis. Point. And. So it, it, she's so just confident of this going to be a success during her studies. Did she ever see that it's not as simple as just set the lung in the chest and sew it up? Well, that's why I think that that bird scene is so important to show that she doesn't understand mm-hmm. how bodies work, because I think she genuinely thought she could cut open that bird and somehow save it because she does have a delusion of grandeur that she is a master surgeon and that she doesn't understand like because, yeah, she doesn't even... I don't think she tr- tries to connect those lungs to anything. No, like, she no. sews them up. She's, like, she's talking about the sutures specifically. And <gasps> this is the first time outside of her dreams that actual gore happens. Yeah. Yes. Right? So this is... They show it fully, right? Jump rope girl's chest is open. Her sister is clearly dead at this oh, point. Her sister, that cut to her face is like heart-wrenching and when she looks at her hands and sees the blood i think she is kind of having a hard time with the reality of what she's doing i think it is starting to butt up against her delusion she's being so delicate with the lungs she's like like she cares she knows that this is proper you gotta carefully put these on ice these scenes of her sewing the sister back up are all intercut with her mother freaking out not being able to find the daughters, finding the Bob. Well, she's tied looking, up. She's not looking for her daughters. She's looking yeah. for her daughter. Gracie. You're right. She yeah. only cares yeah. about what happened to Gracie. Because eventually she goes, "Where's Pauline?" Like in a completely different tone. Yeah. So mom it, finally checks the garage. Well, before that, also just the way that um, Pauline places the lung inside of Gracie, like she gently puts it in there, and, like pulls her hand, like almost like you're setting on a baby. Like, she's so gentle about putting it inside. Like, she doesn't want to mess up anything else inside of her sister. At this point, it's a hole. 
and she dug a hole in a human body. Mother- you get the impression that she thinks that the lung is going to just connect itself and Gracie's going to sit up. Be All fine. the blood will come back into her body. <laughs> like It's just like changing a battery. Yeah. You put the lid back on and we're good to go. She's a Duracell bunny. Yeah. Energizer bunny. Energizer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Duracells Oops. are the creepy people ones. My bad. That was 30 years ago. <laughs> I'm sure there's new ads. <laughs> They're not new ads. They just play the same 10 ads over and over again across the whole internet. Garrett knows. He probably watched the same ads for Amazon. Believe it or yeah. not, there was only like, there were only like nine second ads. And oh. there was like only one of them whenever they popped to it. So that's why it was so confusing. It was like nine seconds of interjected. <laughs> this is going to be something completely different. It's like, did I miss a scene? What the fuck just happened there? And if it wasn't an advertisement for a show. Put the lung in and roll aids. And the thing yeah. is, it wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, like. You know, diarrhea can strike at any point. It was always just like, like, check out this new TV show that's coming on, you know, Freebie or, you know, Tubi. So it was like all these characters acting. So, again, it never felt like this is a commercial. It was just like, here's a new scene. Oh, wait, this is a commercial. And it was only like 10 seconds long. And I was like, it was it was less jarring than you think. But it also was very jarring. You have to watch it again without commercial. Yeah. Well, I bought it. I bought it. So that's not going to be a problem. It would yeah. be great, though, if they like manually place those commercials. So they did do that kind of thing. Like with like a chest. <laughs> so which is like heartburn, huh? <laughs> Are you having trouble breathing? Yes. Uh. Speaking of trouble breathing, I think if you chloroform someone with cystic fibrosis, you may have just fucked them up. Immediately, had that it mattered. <laughs> yeah, I, had it mattered. You know, <laughs> yeah, like that could be a problem. I was like, "Wow, you just she's got lung problems, girl. You may want to find an alternate option here." Right. So the mother comes in, just Tracy Lord doing some amazing shock yeah. wall of shock just on her face, stops in her tracks. Yeah, taking it in, like what happened? Oh. And she's like, "What have you done?" And she hasn't even fully got up to the table to know what she's done yet. And Pauline says, come closer. Right. And man, does she do a good job just looking just out of it. Yeah. It's amazing. You're like psychosis is full on now. But Pauline's like, but she's out of it, but she's not out of it. She's completely cognizant of what she's doing. She is 100% in charge. She knows what she's doing. She's got confidence in everything she's doing, which is what makes this, this one thing that happens next. So like, honestly, like it gave me goosebumps when I saw it. Like, She's yes. like, no, no, look, I practice on the other girl to make sure my sutures were perfect. They're, they're absolutely perfect for Gracie. Like, I, I, I replaced it. It's great. Like, there is no question that this is the solution to all these problems. And Tracy Lord's face, she's like, my God, she believes this. She sees it. And then when she, like, instead of freaking out, be like, what have you done? She grabs her daughter and then, like, just starts kind of, like, scream crying into her, like, you have no idea. Like yeah, you're so far gone. And then like, as it's happening, uh, Pauline's face is like, like, all right, I did a good job. I'm getting the affection and the, the, oh my God, what the, f-? And, like it sinks in and yeah. she just goes into wailing mode. Like it's not even jarring. It's just a, are you s- saying that the delusion broke? Not even broke. It's, it's like, it's slowly, like the tide slowly rolled out on her. It wasn't like a wall got broken down. She's like, oh my God, what have I done? It was just kind of like, yes, the tide rolls out and she's like, Oh my God. Like that's what was so interesting. Cause in movies, we always see the break. We always see the realization it, it, surprise, you know, in this movie, there was no, like it was so mellow. The transition that happened, it was just, it took me off guard. And I think that's what made it work so well. Cause if it was just your standard, like, what have you done? Oh my God, what have I done? I would have been like, okay. It was perfectly done the way that, that the mom finally realizes like just how, 
wrong everything was and that she should have gotten her help sooner. Like you can tell the way she holds her. She loves her, even though she is impossible to love, quote unquote. She realizes like my daughter did this to try and fix things like to and save all, her yeah, sister it's all and it's ruined. So and like I think she's feeling like, wow, the the guilt on her of it all falling apart is there. And then, yeah, her scream at the end is just amazing. And cuss to black. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the end. Well, I would recommend this movie. I think anybody looking for something a little out of the norm, this should definitely check this one out. It, it's, it's got that little bit of Cronenberg-ish, you know, that the director was going for. It's got that teen comedy at the front and then the shocking transition. And hopefully you watch it before you listen to us. And maybe I should put a little thing in the front. It yeah. says, watch this yeah. first. <laughs> Again, it's a surprise ending. Yeah. yeah. So recommendation for me. Uh, I guess it's my turn. I'm out of practice, too. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I like this movie. I mentioned it a couple of times already. I would recommend it as well. Uh, everything Mark said, plus one. I mean, I absolutely loved it. I definitely think that if you like this kind of thing, you should you should see it. I'm going to recommend this movie because I bought it. I, I do have moments of problems with it, though. Like, again, I really think in the the second act, if they had focused more on her really delving more into the, the medical obsession as opposed to the sexual stuff, because the sexual stuff doesn't pay off. And I know it's just to kind of put her in the, the teenage frame of mind. But again, if you're going to spend that much time with that imagery and that like, like if there was something when she was doing the final scene of the, if there was something sexual about the final scene, and I, I know that sounds but that really weird. That would have ruined it though. I, I know, I know. Like, and that's the thing is I don't want that, but I'm saying if they had like continued that like medical and sex like yeah. combo, it would have felt more cohesive throughout the entire movie. But it just seems that at some point they just dropped the sexual yeah. aspect of I it. I think you can maybe see the sex aspect as like its own little mini arc, right? I think that yes, tied off with Adam, right? She closed that book, something more important happened. And so, I mean, it's weird to have a mini arc like that within sort of this bigger arc, but I think if you view it like that, it does have its resolution. Okay, no, that's she a, banged Adam, and now she's good. Yeah, because after that, she just has the the fetus dream, and then after that, there's no real yeah. sexual. Okay, good yeah, point. okay, yeah, that kind of no, helped fix that for me too. That does cool. definitely like help put a, a, a period on that because again, I was just like, where was this supposed to go? And if it's not supposed to go anywhere, why did we spend so much time on it in the beginning, other than just for imagery and shock value? But um, yeah, it's a no. side quest, if you will. <laughs> there you go. Oh, <laughs> thank you, Mark. <laughs> Yes. Um, what a hell of a side quest yeah. that was. That was four recommendations from us, but you know who doesn't recommend it? Luther from Amazon in 2018. Let me read you his review. Hold on. Let me tell you. Luther, get it together, bro. <laughs> Luther says. Does he include his email address like the one John read? I guess we'll find out. Not here. Reprehensible filth. Tired cliches. Disgusting. Content like this poisons society at large. The people who come Go up on. with <laughs> yeah, put that on the back of the box. <laughs> the people who came up with this film are twisted, and it disturbs me to know that I may pass one of them on the sidewalk. <laughs> the stereo all around you, bro. We're all around. The stereotypes about growing up in a Christian household are becoming a tired cliche, but this flick has them in spades. Movies like this make you want to make certain things illegal to distribute. Well, yeah. This ain't Serbian film, bro. Calm down. Does this guy know you can't get it at Walmart? So, oh, yeah. yeah. Just tell him he's be happy about <laughs> yeah. that. Walmart's doing the Lord's work on this one. Yeah. That's right. There are better ways to raise awareness for mental issues than stigmatizing both Christians and behavior health problems and likely implanting seeds and triggers in the viewers. Oh. I don't think Luther realizes he just said mental illness included Christians and people who have other issues. Hmm. 
Like, what are you trying to say there, bud? Mm, yeah, Luther. Maybe he just self-slammed and didn't realize it. Also, maybe Luther should just calm down a little bit. Why would he watch this movie? That's, That's what, what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, a lot of times you don't know these things until you see it. There's been a few movies like Cuso, for instance. <laughs> Have you seen the poster for this movie, though? I mean, No, I didn't. I didn't. I saw the trailer when uh, you showed it to me. And you're like, my friend wants to do this movie. And I was like, all right, let's check out this trailer. And I was like, I don't know. Like, honestly, the trailer did not sell me. Luther was immediately triggered at the Christianity part of this, which was wasn't so even weird. really heavy handed. Yeah. It wasn't like, like anti-church at any point, really. Well, it definitely kind of like... It's more about social norms and social yes. structure, right? Not directly pointing a finger at Christianity and being like, you're bad. Yeah. As soon as he saw John Waters, he should have been like, this is not a film for me. Yes, <laughs> exactly. He didn't know who John Waters was. So question I, I have... I guarantee you he doesn't know who Tracy Lords is and, and like visual, and he doesn't know who John Waters is. Wow. His Probably innocence. <laughs> he just happened to stumble across this film by yeah, accident somehow. He, that's what I would I bet yeah. he saw that trailer and was like, mm-hmm, I'll give this a watch. Luther, get at us. We have so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> if you happen to hear this, you ran into excision, so you might. <laughs> yeah, we know you're on the troll, so... Yeah. Yeah, maybe the, we'll we'll pop in his feed because we're doing an episode of Excision. Yes. Luther will reach out and we'll have him on He's the phone. He's got like a Google alert set for it. He <laughs> rants to everybody who... Yeah. So my question to you, what happens after where the scene ends with the family? What oh, do you think happens next? the same thing next? I said in Happy Death Day. Ho going to jail. Oh, she's going she's, to mental institution. Yeah, she's yeah. going to an institution. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying, like... Right. She ain't... There, there's no getting around this. There's no... Well, maybe we can help her. No. She's going to be tried and found like... Like criminally insane. If she had just killed her sister. She's going to be put away for the rest of her life. We could have seen a different trajectory possibly play out if the family decided to keep it in the family type thing. Well, don't once you like bury her in the backyard, like yeah, really? I don't think you can keep murdering. <laughs> I'm just saying, like you could you could go down that path potentially if you wanted to in a horror movie. But once you bring the jump rope girl into it, that's someone else's kid. Like this well, is no yeah. longer. And society is going to punish that more than if yeah. it just stayed in the family. I think true, is kind of what he's trying to say. Like mm-hmm. it's like it's you know she's a menace to society is what they're going to act like. Look she can she never can come people, out. You know? you know. And even though it's her sister and it's someone else, but you okay. know, like if the parents were like she's just misunderstood, or even if the parents are like no one ever has to know. You know, like there's in horror movies you could go two different directions. But yeah, once you bring the jump rope girl in. I mean, also, the general answer to the, that question for horror movies is lots and lots of like counseling. Every single person who ever quote unquote survives a horror movie needs so much counseling. Well, hopefully the mother doesn't start seeing John Waters for that reason. Yeah, right. Well, that's what we think about it. Any other thoughts on this before we wrap up? Big I'll take no. your silence as a no. <laughs> well, Emma, thanks for bringing this one to our attention. I'm glad you were able to come join us and talk about it today so we could get a different perspective on it. Other than our lug-headed male perspective, we always need to have some of that here and there on some of the things we talk about. So appreciate it. We're going to have you back. You're going to come back for another one, which I believe is going to be The Living Dead. Return of the Living Dead. Return of. And that's if she plays her cards right. Mm. All right. That's one of my favorite movies. Oh, okay. All right. I'm not going to have someone who doesn't agree with my hot takes consistently (laughs) come in and talk shit about one of the greatest films ever put to celluloid. I agreed with you on like everything on this one, though. That's true. Glad you saw the light. Glad you finally came around. Welcome to the Grave Talk Podcast. It's like a numbers game, though. Garrett says enough things. Eventually, you just agree with them. That's what I do, man. I play the odds. I play the odds. Listener, what do you think about Excision? Why don't you let us know on our social media? We got a Twitter, a Facebook, an Instagram, a TikTok that will probably remain dormant until we figure out what good Grave Talk TikTok content looks like. You guys have to make TikToks. I think that's hilarious. (laughs) I don't 
don't know what to do though. <laughs> we all just dance they the monster have, mash. <laughs> okay, that's the Straight first up. one. We'll you, put it up. You do things like my money don't jiggle jiggle and shit like that. <laughs> I don't swear to God, if yeah. we get Marky those weird little like dumb like hand TikTok dances that girls do. Yeah, that's all. Yes. I don't do think anybody's gonna want to see that. You maybe see you do. Why don't you tell what us? If, what if we all do it together in okay, unison? Perhaps. Well, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.